have some family in town. We've been spending time this weekend with our uh, our, our nieces and nephews. We have a, a bunch of people in town. It's been a lot of fun. But uh, I wanted to bring up something that uh, my niece, Aurora, who I've mentioned many times on here, I used to take care of her and uh, still one of my best friends. She's great. And uh, she's she's almost three. And she has started to do this new thing, which I, I don't know why this is a new thing for her. She's known me her whole life as this, but uh, I'm a bald man with a beard. And uh, mm-hmm. lately she's taken, when I, when I go over there and I take my hat off, she's taken to pointing at my head and saying, <gasps> Uncle Steve you don't have hair. <laughs> which really makes me, it doesn't really like bother me. I, I've, I've been bald. I've basically been balding since I was 24. So it's been a very long time. And uh, I've definitely, I've been this way with like bald and a beard for like 10 years. So uh, no, no big, no big whoop. But uh, man, it's been cracking me up. Uh, she's done it to me like every day I go over. Uh, and she acts like she's surprised every time. Like, where did it go? Which uh, I just really love that, that childlike wonder, you know, it's really kind of lovely. That is funny. But you said that she's, She's seen your hair or your scalp before. Like, I mean, yeah, it's all she's ever known. Like, yeah. It's not like she's so always seen with what, the hat. Yeah, I don't know why the surprise now. Yeah. It's so weird. Interesting. So I told I wonder her. if she's been watching old episodes of, like, Full House or whatever. Is seeing uh, <laughs> Jesse Gonzalez. She thinks I'm Jesse Gonzalez. <laughs> yeah. It's like every man has, uh, with dark hair, has just, like, flowing manes of it. Exactly. And you take off your hat, and it's like, oh, God. Uh-oh, what happened? Uncle Steve, yeah. I'm so sorry. So I told her, <laughs> I said, well, you don't have, I, I don't have hair in my head, but I have, I have had hair on my chin, but you have had on your hair, but not on your chin. And she, she like touched both like, oh my God. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> see, so it's okay. Like, it just, Wait, it's just you, a different way. Does that mean that she's, you're now implanting this fear in her head that one day she's going to have a beard and no hair? I kind of like the idea that I do <laughs> implant that in her head, you know? <laughs> I saw a Jimmy uh-huh. Kimmel clip the other day, and he was like, always lie to your kids, because it's just funny. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so maybe that's, that's my thing, you know? I get to, to lie to her about that, and she'll grow up always thinking, waiting yeah. for her hair to transfer down from her head to her beard. The, you know, the trick is, the when, you find, is. when you find that one hair on your chin, don't pull too hard, because yeah. it'll all just go... <laughs> They'll pull it off. Man, that'd be a special effect. That'd be awesome looking. <laughs> I think that's basically what happens in the movie we're talking about today, right? Oh, yeah, it actually kind of does. Yeah. (laughs) That was actually a really cool effect in there. I like that. Uh, Mm. That whole kind of costume. It's like, oh, man, instant beard. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's what I could could pull that out. But, uh, yeah, she's been cracking me up, man. It's... uh, I, I don't know why the uh, the sudden interest, but um, she's like, I guess the only bald person she knows, maybe? I guess so. Maybe. Weird. Out of the family. I've, I felt like it's more uh, prevalent than than that, but I guess not. Maybe well, in that circle of people she knows. Well, yeah, I mean... There must be bald people on TV, though, right? There's got to be bald people on TV. Yeah, I imagine like, she's I, seen bald people on TV. Yeah, like I've been seeing I don't know. clips of um, hmm. Family Feud with the WWE right. wrestlers this week, and I'm like, <laughs> half the people on that show are bald. <laughs> I'm including the women. She, uh, <laughs> she watches a lot of, uh, you know, Disney movies, Pixar movies, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to think, I'm like, is there a bald character in a movie? She's been watching, like, Little Mermaid and Little Mr. Mermaid 2. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Freddy Krueger. Oh, you know, yeah. you've been showing her the nightmare movies. But yeah. again, she's used to the hat. You know, so oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, she would probably tell him too. <gasps> Freddy, your hair, where'd it go? <laughs> and he's like, "You're not scared of me. I want one of friends, bitch." As Fred always says, <laughs> that's a sketch phrase. 
Not to her. She's not. She's a pussy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's trim time, bitch. A little off the top, he went too far for me. See, that was, uh, yeah. that was my nightmare. We see, he had an itch, and he, he chose the wrong oh, hand to scratch oh, his head, and it just all yeah, the hair was. Yeah. Dang it! That, it's like when you cut jalapenos, and you're like, "Oh, I gotta scratch my eye," and you have to you have to hold back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Don't don't want those to happen. Well, uh, between <laughs> it does sting. It really sting. Don't go to the toilet after you've cut peppers up. Seriously. Wait, what? Yeah, that's don't, a real thing, too. Don't. Make sure that you... Well, I mean, you can go to the toilet anytime you like, obviously. Just make sure you wash the hand, you, you the, the hands before you handle the goods. Because you end up burning. Yeah. Has that happened huh. to you? Or you just no. know it as a... <laughs> no, no. I, I don't remember that happening His to me. His eyes are darting back and forth. <laughs> He's starting to sweat. This is weird. I did have something kind of similarly uh, painful happen to me the other day, though. Um, we have a puppy. Uh, she's about oh. four and a half months old. Uh, oh. Jack Russell Terrier. Oh, and, yeah. Um, cute. Oh, they're cute. Except mm-hmm. when they're jumping up and down, scratching you with their long claws and uh, <laughs> nipping mm-hmm. at you. And this is what Little happened. Little Freddy Krueger. Little Freddy Krueger, yeah. And this yeah. is what happened yesterday. She jumped up at me. I was sitting in the chair. She jumped up um, uh, between my legs to try and get up. And she had a little nip. And she bit the end of my John Thomas. <laughs> wow. Yeah. How does, how does that feel? <laughs> Not good. Brett is fucking dying. <laughs> Hit me on the dish. Oh, shit. <laughs> Man, I mean, it's right at the right height, you know. Unfortunately oh, for me, <laughs> exactly. I wish I could uh, say, you know, I was standing up and she you know, jumped up to my knees and that was it. But no, yeah. I was sitting down. And she just had a little nip, and I was like, "Oh, that's well, not good." Yeah, rip to John Thomas, you know. Yeah, may he rest in power. <laughs> He'll never shoot straight again. <laughs> <laughs> That's my only sharing for the day. uh, I think uh, think we're going to jump into this, so we're doing it. (laughs) I'm Steven. (laughs) I'm Brent. And welcome to Let's Talk About Stuff. Returning guest, the third voice you're hearing today, Dave Roberts from Generation Animation and Erie International. Dave, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much for having me back, gents. I'm amazed that I'm still allowed on. Oh, Oh, my gosh. We... You were one of the first people we uh, we we were trying to book guests for the show and everything. Uh, we know that your other podcast, Erie International, is uh, on a little hiatus. Uh, you guys are taking a break, and uh, we wanted to be respectful and uh, you know, kind of like when Mike Shinoda from Lincoln Park was recording his solo album, and Jay Z was executive producing it. He was like, "I'm in proximity of Jay Z, and he's listening to all this stuff, but he's." said he's retired from rapping, so I'm going to respect the retirement. Mm. But, like, you know, we were trying to do the same thing, but we had uh, also been speaking to uh, your, your co-host over there, Andy Preller, mm. and he said, no, Dave, Dave is still, Dave would be good. I'm, yeah. I'm a podcasting whore. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Literally, we love. opening of an envelope, I'll attend. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, I've seen some sexy envelope openings. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh-huh. Definitely. Especially those like letterbox, letterbox style ones, you know, the, the long thin ones with the, the oh, self adhesive edge. Oh, it. oh yeah. Ooh. Oh goodness me! Oh, it's enough to get your motor running. It really is. No, I um, I I I I, I always enjoy myself when I'm on here because I can say the most ridiculous shit and get no blowback. Yes. So yes, exactly. <laughs> Hell yeah, we have, we we foster that kind of environment for sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about stuff. Colon. No one cares. <laughs> 
the podcast. Uh, Makes it easy. Yeah. So, yeah, we uh, we are so happy to have you back. Thank you for making time for us, and oh, especially yeah. under like such a, a close deadline to recording this episode. Uh, we really appreciate it, and uh, we know that you are a fan of uh, anime in general, and uh, we, we hear, heard through the grapevine that you're a, a fan of Miyazaki and uh, Studio Ghibli. Did I say it right? Yeah, yeah. So, Dave, yeah, so we uh, when we looked it up, I, I, I accept either way, the, the Ghibli or Ghibli, but uh, yeah, your history of that, you, you say Ghibli as well? Yeah, I do, and I... I, I just thought I, I always assumed it was Ghibli. I think mainly because uh, my friend Ryan, who introduced me to it via my neighbor Totoro, um, mm. he called it Ghibli, and then I've kind of just gone with it that, uh, that since. But I've heard people call it Ghibli. Um, apparently, the uh, or- original pronunciation, if you were basing it on where the name actually comes from, then it mm. should really be Ghibli. But then the Japanese pronunciation, because mm-hmm. it's a Japanese studio, I would go with that. But then that's also a little bit strange. So it's basically like a westernization of... I, I think the, right, the commonly right. held pronunciation for Western tongues is Ghibli. But I've got plenty of people that I know, including a couple of co-hosts on Generation mm-hmm. Animation, that do call it Ghibli. Um, I, I, mm-hmm. As long as you know what they're talking about, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah, right. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you answered uh, kind of another question though. I was going to have was your mm-hmm. your start of that too. I guess was your you were introduced by uh, my neighbor Totoro. Is that how you said that? Yeah, one? yeah, that's right. Um, my best friend Ryan uh, was aware of uh, my neighbor Totoro around about. We'll say it was about nineteen ninety six. Um, okay. Uh, he mentioned about this film, and uh, he hadn't been able to see it because the uh, the the. The situation with anime over in the UK was was really sparse until DVD hit, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you could get VHS, but most of the stuff that was on VHS was licensed by Manga UK Entertainment, and it was the more adult-orientated stuff uh, because they mm-hmm. thought that uh, anime was supposed to be this adult, you know, hyper-violent, sexy kind of thing. So you got... Um, yeah, tentacles. Yeah, tentacles, yeah. basically, yeah. <laughs> so um, Urotsuki Doji was uh, one of the big... The Legend of the Overfiend, I, I think most people know it as. Um, that was one of the big ones. That was where tentacle sex really kind of um, kind of came to the fore. Um, and uh, also yeah. there are uh, films like uh, Ghost in the Shell, which, while mm. not explicitly adult, is definitely not appropriate for kids. Mm. Um, because it's like a neo-noir um, action adventure sci-fi uh, kind of thing. Um, I liked it, but mm-hmm. I was a weird kid, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anime wasn't really massively accessible to us in those days. I guess you could argue that Pokemon, uh, for, like many people, Pokemon was kind of the big thing that brought anime to the masses in the UK. Um, where you're talking about kids as well as adults and, and you know, mm-hmm. being actually shown on TV during um, the daytime as opposed to Channel 4 at half past one in the morning. Um, but, yeah, so he, he mentioned to me, uh, have you heard about this movie, My Neighbor Totoro? And I was like, no. And he said, oh, it's like this giant gray bear <laughs> and there's a cat that's also a bus and um i was like this, <laughs> this, this sounds wild. awesome yeah <laughs> it sounds awesome I, I want what this guy's on and uh, yeah, yeah. so I, I a couple of years later they started to leak out um spirited away was the first movie 
that I saw in the cinema, although Princess Mononoke made mm. a huge splash. Which I was really happy to hear you talking about that last week. Awesome, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mononoke is, is a, a massive, massive movie for Ghibli in terms of um, adoption in the West. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Totoro, I think, gets an awful lot of playtime because of the fact that it's so kid-friendly. And so it's the one show, it's the one um, movie that you can show kids and they'll absolutely love it because it's cute and it's also got like a decent story for the adults and it's, it's um, you know, it's got a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not Pompoko where raccoons basically use their balls to transform into other things. So, you know, it's more appropriate for the adults <laughs> to, than it is for the kids. <laughs> oh, you, believe me, if you're not watching Pompoko for the, the show, you should probably change that because it's the most ridiculous thing. Basically, um, they're not raccoons, they're tanuki. Um, okay. Which is like, if you know Super Mario, um, yeah. uh, when he collects that feather and he turns into what people mistakenly call a raccoon, he's actually turning into a tanuki. Um, and that's why he has the power of flight, because I believe that um, in Japanese uh, folklore, Tanuki were able to fly. So that's why he's gotcha. able to fly using the tail. Um, I never knew, yeah. Yeah, So, but also part of folklore of Tanuki is that they're shapeshifters. Mm. Um, and a lot oh, of the statues okay. that represent Tanuki have got giant testicles. So, so, so in Pompoko, they're literally shape-shifting Tanuki who use their ball sacks as part of their transformation process. Not even joking. That sounds kid-friendly. Yeah, absolutely. That's nice. That's just like that's just getting to know your body, you know. And everybody's magical, kind of, kind of a message. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's a kind of sex ed that I would, I never thought I would, uh, I would yeah, experience. Right. Yeah, yeah, but it's well, it's, it's a fun it, movie. Yeah. But yeah, so um, getting back on track, um, Spirited <laughs> Away was the first movie that I saw in cinemas. Um, and then that was around about, I want to say that was around 2000, 2001. I've probably got my timings mixed up there. I probably mm. should have written I think that came down. out, yeah, like around that era, yeah. Yeah, which was around about the time that the PlayStation 2 came out, and that was when DVD mm. really took off as well. <laughs> so I'm giving people an unnecessary history lesson here. I love it. <laughs> That's right. Um, so DVD sales kicked off. I got a PS2, as a lot of people did, and so I got mm-hmm. into DVD, and then they started releasing the Ghibli collection on DVD. So I now have the, the full collection of, of all the Ghibli movies, with the exception of... Earwig and the is it Earwig and the Witch? Yeah, yeah. I think it's called Earwig and the Witch. It's basically, um, it's not famous. It's infamous uh, because it's Mm -hmm. Uh Ghibli's first. I mean, it's not a bad film to me. I think it's all right, Mm -hmm. but I get why people had pushback on it. It's CG rather than cel shaded animation, Um, so it's not handcrafted animation as uh, traditional Ghibli movies are. but I, it still retains the visual identity of Ghibli movies. It looks like a Miyazaki-helmed movie mm. because not mm-hmm. every Ghibli movie is directed by a Miyazaki and not every Ghibli movie looks the same way that Miyazaki films do. Um, right. So, like, for example, uh, My Neighbours the Yamadas has got a very distinct style. It's almost like pastel shades. Um, and um, the Princess Kaguya is another one which is very mm. much in that um, in, in that line as well. Uh, so, yeah, I got all the DVDs and started watching most of them on DVD, but whenever they would release a new Ghibli movie, it would get a limited run in cinemas, and pretty much oh, yeah, from Spirited cool. Away, I've gone and watched every single one in cinemas. So Oh, awesome. That's great. It became cool. a bit of an obsession for me. Um, but they <laughs> yeah. are probably, and I'm not even blowing smoke up their ass or trying to be hyperbolic for the sake of hyperbole. I do believe that Studio Ghibli are probably, if not the best, then one of the two or three best animation houses in the world. Full stop. Mm-hmm. I, you know, yeah. I... 
you can make arguments for all of the other big Western ones, whether it be Pixar or Disney. Um, there's an increasingly um, good argument coming forward for Sony, actually. I don't think they're there yet. I think they need a bit mm-hmm. more longevity before they can get there. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's a lot of animation houses. Um, Studio IG, um, who are probably best known for Ghost in the Shell, but were also responsible mm. for a lot of other shows, including Blood, The Last Vampire, um, shows and movies. Um, but, yeah, I, I would put Ghibli right at the top, like right up there, rivaling. Probably, it's probably them and Disney, which is the mm-hmm. lazy comparison mm-hmm. because they're called the Disney of, of, of Japan. Right. I would call Disney the Ghibli of the West. Damn straight. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, the, the only thing to worry about really is, is where they go after Miyazaki retires for the final time. I know. Time. I was intrigued by that. I don't, since I haven't followed these movies or his life or whatever, I, I've heard of his, I've heard of the movies the whole time. I've heard of his retirement and like he'll make a new movie or whatever. And yep. I don't know like how much this was ever entwined with, you know, intertwined with his uh, specifically, or if they would keep going without them, so that'd be intriguing. But so far, yeah, I totally agree that they're they are just amazing. These movies are beautiful, and um, yeah, really looking forward to uh, to doing like a, a full discussion here pretty soon. Uh, yeah, what you got, Brent? I was going to say before we get too far into it, you know, I I definitely need to go back and talk about tentacles real quick because <laughs> I've been sitting on this fact for probably a month, and I'm like, I gotta I gotta throw this up there when I get a chance. Uh, so I heard recently a factoid about an octopus and i was like is this true this changes everything i've known <laughs> of okay. octopi right and i looked it up and it turns out this is this is true an octopus has eight appendages okay yeah that seems to track each of which has rows of suckers running its length uh, these are not tentacles in strict anatomical terms they are arms so an oh. octopus has eight arms which Look, I've given up on eating, like, squid and octopus for, uh, you know, they, they just have, like, such a high-functioning uh, mm. intelligence that I'm like, oh, this is like eating a sea human. So I'm like, I don't know how <laughs> I feel about this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Fair I'm enough. like, maybe not. Maybe not. But this just gives me more reason because I don't want to eat a thing's arms, you know? Mm. Like, what about a chicken? cow has legs. That's fine. Chicken has, not has arms, legs. But, yeah, you you'd mm. eat, like, a chicken leg. Yeah, is leg, are legs okay? Well, chicken yeah. thighs. Oh, I mean, legs. it's all part of the leg, isn't it? Oh, yeah. my God. Bread chicken like, oh, thighs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. You ever see a chicken thigh gap? Oh, my oh, God. Man. I going to take a break. Oh, my God. Uh, God so my, John Thomas is just working overtime over here. Um, but, yeah, so I, I guess squid and cuttlefish have actual tentacles, which are the um, the the suckers on the pad shaped ending so those are like the longer uh i guess appendages of a squid hmm. but the rest of them are just arms i have I, no so. idea yeah i didn't really yeah. re- I'm, I'm i'm so stuck on i don't want to eat animals arms though that's i'm going through my head I'm like all right it. what what animals arms <laughs> would i eat and i'm like i don't think i eat a cow's arms i <laughs> no. i assume all the beef i'm getting is from the bo- you know, main body but i don't know what they do with the legs and 
Not it's all legs for wow. You're blowing my mind, Brent. I mean, look if there's not much if meat they on the told leg. us if <laughs> if I found out today, no cows' legs are actually just arms. <laughs> I'd be like, well, I can't eat this again. It's just it's too close to my own shit. You know, I'm used it. to everything having legs for the most part. You know. Yeah. Snake's legs. If I can ever try a snake's legs, I would try oh, it. Yeah. Because I, like, I know they're yeah, in there. Yeah, frog legs. People eat frog legs. <laughs> yeah. I've had frog legs before. You, it's like chicken soaked in swamp water. You wouldn't eat frog arms. That just goes no, back to Kermit. No anyway. that's a, how's, how's Kermit supposed to sip that tea? <laughs> exactly. You know? exactly. There's no, yeah, no point That's offensive. I mean, the, the, way I, the way I look at it, and I haven't really considered the intelligence aspect of it, but um, squid tastes really good. So I know. I think I'm you probably that's the problem. I'm mm-hmm. probably just going to have to go down the route of they're they're not as clever as we are because we can catch them. So, um, <laughs> so I'm going to happily carry on eating them. But you like dunk a net in water, pull up some, and you're like fucking idiots. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I I am a firm believer that like uh, if if an animal is killed to be eaten, then you may as well do the right thing and eat as much of that animal as you can like make the use yeah. of every single part of it don't waste it because that animal's given mm-hmm. its life so that you can eat it you should mm-hmm. you know and and this this doesn't necessarily come from some japanese philosophy that i've adopted but it is something that's mirrored in japan which is that mm-hmm. you should give the utmost respect to everything around you whether it be the you know the the rocks at the bottom of the stream or whether it be the grass in the field or the cows in the, in the field um, you know, everything has got a soul and it should be respected. And I definitely jive mm. with that idea. So if if you're going to be a carnivore, if you're going to eat meat, then you should definitely not be against the idea of eating all of the uh, parts that people are a little bit about. Like, you know, mm-hmm. haggis, for example, sheep stomach Ugh. with all kinds <laughs> of stuff in it. Ugh. Like, yeah. hey, look, I, I had that for Burns Night last year. And oh, yeah? it's a texture which is unusual <laughs> and you might not, like it but it tastes lovely actually oh, okay it's really nice really? okay yeah and it's like liver and bacon and you know all that good stuff it's it's tasty mm-hmm. it's tasty but yeah. i i get what you're saying there brent it's like if, if a cow had arms first of all he'd be able to <laughs> let himself out of the pen and, and make his escape yeah. but second of all it would be like holy shit why am i eating these cow men um this, this yeah really... that's the thing if you give something arms i'm like oh okay you're not food you're really like it like it for you there's something about the lack of arms to me that's like okay you're a different thing altogether you're just like i don't know don't like i would never eat yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah like i would never eat like an ape or something like that mm-hmm. you know it's just like it's, it's so close to us uh, uh relatively speaking and i'm just like I, I i couldn't do it but like if i find out that fish have arms you know, yeah, cows yeah. have arms, chicken have arms. It's good news like for all those the centaurs stuff. out there. I'll tell you. I, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like this like yeah. a, a new uh, QAnon is kind of brewing here, I feel like. You're going to go vegan just because you're like, all animals have arms. You're going to figure it out eventually. Yeah. You're like, I can't eat any of them. And you're like, why, yeah. why, why are you vegetarian? Why are you vegan? You're like, I can't eat animals with arms. And people are like, man, I can't do that either. You're going to start a whole movement here. Hmm. Yeah, like they're... Cows are out there trying to do taxes, I guess. I don't know what they're doing with their arms. That would be my excuse. Fucking cranking off. If they, if they, yeah. if they ever catch up to me, I'll just say, well, look, I had a cow doing my taxes. What do you expect from me? <laughs> <laughs> he had all the certificates. He's got arms. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you can hold a pen. 
my god! <laughs> I put glasses on him. He seems nice. He said he's an actuary. I don't know. I guess it's fine. Um, the other thing I want to mention is you were talking about uh, Miyazaki's retirement, his his next retirement. Um, he just dropped a new movie at the uh, in mid July, mm. uh, which is called. Uh, I guess it's like for English. Uh, the English title is The Boy and the Heron. Um, but then uh, I think, I, I can't remember. How Do You Live is the uh, Japanese titling mm. for it. And it there was no advertising for it. Dave, do you know about this? I'm dimly aware of it. Um, I, okay. I should stay more up to date with uh, Ghibli news than I do. I tend to wait until there's a big hoo-ha about the announcement of the uh, oh, English yeah. language release. Um mm-hmm. I would like them to stick with that title because I'm not sure that it, the um, the boy in the heron sounds particularly yeah. as good. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm always I always look forward to a to a new uh, uh, Miyazaki movie, um, especially mm-hmm. after um, I'll bring it up now. Um, Ten Years with Hayao Miyazaki, which was a NHK documentary, mm. which I mentioned to to you guys and, and recommended. I think mm-hmm. Andy mentioned it as well. Um, yeah, and it's it's a wonderful documentary. It's available on the NHK website. If you search for Ten Years with Hayao Miyazaki, you'll find it. If you go to the videos tab on Google, um, and it's a, a really really great documentary, which does take place over ten years. It was a documentarian that kept revisiting him over the course of ten years, and it follows the development of Ponyo as well as uh, the uh, the films that came afterwards, and it explores like the relationship between Hayao Miyazaki and his son Goro, who was the director of um, Earwig and the Witch. Um, yeah. Another reason why people don't like it, because they've got it in for Goro. Um, mm-hmm. You'd think with four arms... I'm stealing the joke, I'm sorry, Brent. <laughs> uh, you'd think with four arms that they, they, they would um, respect him more because he can exactly. do his drawing and rip them a new arsehole at the same time, but apparently not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Too many, see, arms, it all comes it back, all to come back to arms. It does all come back to arms. Respect. You wouldn't eat Goro, would you? I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't. No. He wouldn't let me. He got too many arms. <laughs> Oh yeah, but yeah. So the uh, the documentary really opened my eyes to the uh, the way that uh, Miyazaki specifically um, goes about constructing a movie and coming up with a movie, and it's a lot more free flowing mm. and free form than I ever thought it would be. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, like now a movie like Howl's Moving Castle is less so because it's based on original uh, works, right? Like mm. it's based on a book. Mm-hmm. It's based on like he did a, a version of The Borrowers, which is based on a book as well. Um, but every now and then he will do his own uh, thing, and Ponyo mm-hmm. being one of them. Um, the Wind Rises is, is technically his own work, but it's based on a manga that he wrote himself. Okay. Um, I love that film. It's a great, great movie. Mm, um, excellent. But yeah, so it, it, it's just really eye-opening to see how he goes through that process. Yeah, I uh, imagine my shock and dismay when I pull, after I finished watching this movie... I pulled up Wikipedia. I typed in Howl's Moving Castle. Hit the first thing. Takes me to a book. Uh-oh. Are you shitting me? Uh-oh. Wikipedia, do you not know me? I don't read. I don't like books. And you do that to me? I know. So it was it was borderline offensive. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this simply won't do. So I had to like back out of it and, and find the, uh, the actual film tab. So, but that was surprising to me because I I don't know. It's I I know there are like people with English accents in the movie, like the. Uh, the English dub of it, of course, uh, but there are people with Americanized accents as well, and it kind of looks like most of the people are are white. But you know, it's anime. Who who can tell who is 
what race or whatever. So I didn't really think anything of it. But then knowing that it's based on an, I guess, an English novel, I was like, oh, okay. I guess. I don't know. It just seems like everything is. I, this is like the second time I've experienced Miyazaki's work. So I really don't have a, a baseline reading yet of his aesthetic, but it all just seems to be part of a whole, I guess. Like nothing no. stood out from going from Princess Mononoke to uh, Howl's Moving Castle no. to me to where it's like, oh, there's like a, a massive difference in cultures or something like that. It just seems like he's creative in, in every way possible. It's like Miyazaki world. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and he does have a recognizable aesthetic. Um, I, I think you'll, you'll recognize that as you move forward and see more of his work. You'll start seeing mm-hmm. that there are some films that sit outside of that aesthetic, and there are others mm-hmm. that very much belong together almost as part of the same shared, if not world, then universe. Um, if you look at the flying machines, the animal designs, things like that, mm-hmm. a lot of the time those will overlap from one movie to the other. So... Um, Laputa Castle in the Sky and um, Nausicaa um, are two movies where they have flying machines uh, involved mm. and they are both very similar in that they're almost insect-like in the way that they have like wings mm. that come out of them mm-hmm. and they've got like very long bulbous bodies um, the animal design like the uh, the dog in, in this movie uh, mm-hmm. he's got like little chicken legs um, yes, that's what I wrote down. Yeah, yeah. And a very kind of human looking face, very expressive eyes. That's definitely something which is shared across different films. Um, and then a lot of the wildlife, like they'll be like deer, but they're not quite deer. They're like slightly mythical looking deer. Um, yeah. You see that a lot in a lot of his movies. And I don't think it's laziness. I just think that that's kind of the fantasy world that he has in his mind. And he applies mm-hmm. that to most of the things that he does unless it's mm-hmm. a movie that's based in the real world, like uh, the opening to Spirited Away. Obviously, Spirited Away, for the most part, ends up being a, this fantastical fantasy movie. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, The Wind Rises is a completely historical biopic movie, so it's completely realistic the whole way through. Um, and this is the one with the flying pig in it? Uh, that, that is Porco Rosso, uh, which oh, is... Okay. That, that's also historically accurate? Not quite, <laughs> not quite. <laughs> <laughs> So, Porco Rosso is an interesting one because the flying machines are more historically accurate to mm-hmm. what was around in the World War One era, like the Tiger Moth and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, but obviously, it's a very um, fantasy-heavy movie because of the fact that it's got a main lead who is a pig who was cursed to be a pig, and mm-hmm. it's totally uh, natural. So- Totally natural. Yep, it's set in a world mm-hmm. where um, it's kind of like a cyberpunk kind of world. It's been a while since I've watched um, Porco Rosso, to be fair. So I'm trying to remember bits off the top of my head to be able to mm-hmm. kind of put this together. Um, it's it's less fantasy than it is historical biopic, but there's a heavy chunk of fantasy thrown in there just to give it some colour. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that's probably the best way of describing it. Like Pompoko, to go back to the Tanukis with the giant ball bags. Um, because who doesn't want to go back there whenever possible if you took the tanuki side of it out it's a completely modern day japan movie or at least contemporary japanese movie to when it was made um the tanukis Mm -hmm. are the real fantasy element to the whole thing but everything else is is quite realistic so he does have a lot Mm. of range but where yeah. possible, he likes to bring these fantasy creatures back into it and these flying machines. And, and the visual aesthetic 
the design choices that he makes for certain creatures are very, very similar mm. throughout the movies. Um, and then there's just the actual look of character design. Like, you, you will have recognised, I'm sure, that there's a, a, a distinct similarity between the character design of uh, Princess Mononoke, the human characters, and the human mm. characters in uh, Howl's Moving Castle. He doesn't stray too far from that template where it comes to character design. Um, mm-hmm. But it's kind of in the same way that Disney doesn't really stray too yeah. far or didn't stray too far from character design um, during their golden era, back when they were making Snow White and Cinderella and things like that. And now they have a new yeah. aesthetic with their Pixar uh, work and their Disney um, Studios work, where they have mm-hmm. a very specific look for their characters. And they're criticised for it a bit. But I think at the end mm-hmm. of the day, if it's a style that is not too distracting and you get to telling your stories and they're good stories it doesn't really matter to me that much yeah um, which again is why miyazaki is such a good uh uh good that's not the word master there we go <laughs> yeah. such a master yeah. of what he does because he doesn't like, stretch good is not the good env- enough <laughs> no he, he doesn't stretch the envelope too much but when he wants to he'll show you something completely new that you've never seen before a la yeah in that documentary when he's talking about um, Ponyo and the scene with the fish. Um, it's like a tsunami, but the tsunami is made out of these giant fish that are uh, leaping over each other, one over the other. And to, to create his reference art, he does watercolour painting, and then he gets mm. out these chalks and these pastels, and he starts using that over the top to create this completely new look that he'd never done before. Wow. And that's reflected in the film as well. Mm. So... He's not afraid to do new things, but he will fall back on certain visual styles just because it's not a comfort thing, but mm-hmm. it saves them having to reinvent the wheel every time they make a new movie. Yeah. Because these movies take a long time to make. Uh, it looks like it. Yeah, there's just like so much stuff, especially in this movie. I know, are we... I don't know, I guess we're in the movie discussion. I, we're kind of just yet, so. we're freewheeling. I don't even know. I didn't know if we want to do many topics at any point or not. But uh, okay. yeah, we kind of just jumped into Miyazaki because it's a lot to talk about. I don't know. <laughs> it is a lot to to discuss. Um, well, yeah, why don't, I'll, I'll, I'll table my thought there uh, for, for later in the, the convo. Um, yeah, do you want to go around and do maybe we could do, do Yeah, just like a, a round of like one, one each. And then, uh, okay. and then get into the movie because we're obviously wanted to talk about it, but um, yeah, sometimes it's just uh, you just get going. So um, yeah, did you guys have uh, one each? Uh, David, do you have something you could talk about that you've seen recently? I've, I've always got things to talk about, and it's always yeah, anime. Right? Awesome. So um, yeah, I um, I recently watched the latest release of uh, Baki Hanma, which is uh, an, a fighting anime, which is on Netflix at the moment. Um, it is properly violent, and it falls right <laughs> okay. into the wheelhouse of what I love watching, which is fighting shows which actually look into the mechanics of the fight itself and mm. kind of explore you know, why certain things are done certain ways. Um, I've been watching it on and off for years because it's got a very sporadic release schedule, and it's already gone from one studio to another. Um, if you go on Netflix, you'll find that there is a show called Baki, and there's another one called Baki Hanma. And um, so Baki came first, and then Baki Hanma is this, the last two seasons that they've done. Uh, Baki is basically a teenage boy who's just out of school, and he is almost completely unremarkable, except for the fact that his father is the strongest fighter in the world. Uh, he's oh, got wow. the nickname okay. The Ogre, and he is an absolute animal. 
And Baki is very estranged from this father and he decides that he wants to basically become the strongest fighter in the world so that he can stick two fingers up at his dad. Um, <laughs> and so it follows his uh, trials and tribulations as he gets stronger fighting people. At one point he goes to prison on purpose so that he can fight people in there. It's very nice. strange. It's very Japanese. Um and it's 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 a really fun show to watch. Um, if you like fighting shows, that is obviously. Mm-hmm. If you don't like fighting shows, it's really not going to be for you. But <laughs> yeah, it's my wheelhouse. Is it bloody <laughs> too? Or is it just uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of blood, a lot of, yeah. a lot of just fighting? Put it this way: there's um, in the latest season the um, the main uh, opponent. I'm not going to call him an antagonist. Is a caveman from the Jurassic period who um, okay. basically fights people and then eats them if they lose. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Brent. But they have arms. I, I, I know. <laughs> Someone needs to tell this guy. I know, I know. And but you also don't yeah. like to waste food. So uh, I don't yeah. like to waste food. If, if you so wasted someone do, in front of you, yeah, what do you, what do, you do with that scenario? Like if I murdered a person? Right. God. You got to eat them. You don't First, I'd have to skin them. Yeah. I'd, have to, I'd have to leather their skin. Uh-huh. Okay, all right. Got to make a suit. To, boy, this would really be a whole ordeal. Yeah, that... I think my like best best practice going forward is to not murder oh, someone. Okay, mm. I think yeah, it's smart. Okay, this is gonna this is gonna require some changes in my <laughs> lifestyle, but yeah, I think that's what I'm gonna have to do. I think that's understandable. I, I would definitely yeah. refrain from the whole murdery killy thing as well myself. Um, yeah. But, you know, the thing is, it's because um, he comes from the past where he had to fight and kill all of his food and he would, like, fight T-Rexes and Triceratopses and things mm. like that. Um, yeah. And then you eat them, of course, yeah. Of course, right. of course. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and so he starts, like, wasting away because he's not eating anything because, to him, he has to kill what he eats. So mm. he ends up basically mm-hmm. becoming this uh, focus of attention for the strongest fighters around the world and they all try to take him on and invariably they all lose um oh and he's nicknamed pickle by the way (laughs) (laughs) which i was making up he's called pickle because he's discovered in a colorado salt mine encased in salt and apparently that is enough to preserve him for the millions of years that he's been yeah so it's like american uh, pickle that uh that seth rogan movie like, yeah, yeah. Save, saved in time. I know. Do you remember that even coming out? It's so weird. I think it's off that service now. <laughs> Can't even mm-hmm. watch it. <laughs> There's been a lot of things that Seth Rogen has done, which I've forgotten about until people mention it yeah. again. There That's you go. not to say he's not a brilliant filmmaker, but God, he makes some weird choices. Oh, yeah. Definitely yeah. lately, too. Yeah. That, yeah. that was a weird one. Uh, well, right on. Um, yeah, I, I'm slowly getting into more, you know, anime. Uh, these, these Miyazaki films are, uh, you know, a different different breed they're 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 um getting my attention a little bit more than than other stuff i've watched but i'm always on the lookout for more stuff so and and violent stuff is right up my alley so that's when i was like bloody okay here you okay. go <laughs> i've, yeah, I've got an good. entire list of fighting anime that i can recommend you yeah. from netflix alone awesome. so yeah the Ooh. problem is just so much to watch and getting through it all but um yeah, yeah. I'll, i will definitely hit you up at some point so good stuff. uh well Hell yeah brent did you have a, a topic for us as well yeah, I've got one thing I can mention. I want to uh, mention the weekend of Comic-Con International, uh, which was a couple of weekends ago as of this recording. Uh, there was an episode of a show that came out. Uh, it was a, a show that uh, Stephen, you and I had, had watched and, and enjoyed, Invincible. Mm. Uh, 
a new episode called Invincible colon Adam Eve yeah. came out. It's like a, a special one-shot episode on Prime Video or Amazon Original. I don't know. They need to figure out their fucking titling. <laughs> you you struggle they, with that one a lot. got too many words. <laughs> I, yeah. I just call it Prime God. Video. Prime Video? Simple to the point. But, like, the little, like, the, the, the thing in front of it. Uh, before the like episode starts, oh. it says Amazon Original because I had it as oh, Prime Video. Wow, and I thought I want to be accurate, mm-hmm. guys. Okay, Jesus you're right. Christ. You're right. They fucked up. Yeah. They dumbs. They fucked up bad. Take but their arms. Where they didn't fuck up. They gotta eat them. <laughs> what if you took right. the arms off you fuck first? Up, then okay, I'm <laughs> busting out that barbecue sauce, baby. <laughs> You have a happen. dry rub and a wet rub, oh, you know yeah, what I'm saying? I know what I'm saying. Um, so Invincible Adam Eve, it's a special, I think it's like 44 minutes or so, uh, uh, about Adam Eve and her origins, and she's one of the, the better characters in that series, and there's a ton of great characters in Invincible, but uh, it, it gives a, a detailed backstory for her, and she has a little origin story of becoming a superhero, and uh, animation is... Uh, top notch, awesome. as was the Invincible series, and uh, it gets very bloody. Um, so yeah, very much. If you like the Invincible series on whatever that service is called, you'll like this special. <laughs> it just couldn't get properly promoted because of the various strikes. Oh, yeah. I understand the the Animation mm-hmm. Guild is separate from SAG-AFTRA, uh, but uh, for that reason, there wasn't proper like booths promoting that show or whatever. So uh, this is a, a really cool um, special for people to check out. So if you missed it, go check it out. It's 44 minutes, and uh, you're in and out, and uh, gives you uh, a good backstory for this interesting character. Awesome. Have either of you guys watched this? Not yet. No. Do you know, I, I keep meaning to watch Invincible. I mm. did read Volume 1 of Invincible oh. a while back. Um, when they released the show, I thought I'd get the first volume of, of the, the comic and, and see what I thought of it. I did enjoy it, and then I completely forgot to sit down and watch the show. <laughs> right. so, <laughs> so much stuff to watch, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, it's on, it's yeah, on my list. Like, you know you can add things to a watch list, so it's it's on there. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of uh, actually sitting down and watching it because there always seems to be something else which is releasing, and I'm like, oh, I guess I can put Invincible back a little bit further. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I haven't watched the boys yet either. You know, it's like oh, okay. Same. Just yeah. Amazon superhero stuff in general. I, I just <laughs> right. don't seem to get around to. So. Mm-hmm. Well, I've liked. Yeah. I liked Invincible. The I hadn't read it, but I've I watched the show. The, the first season, it was good. They also released a trailer for a second season when they released Adam Eve. Yeah. So I haven't seen the new Adam mm-hmm. Eve yet, but uh, I'm looking forward to it because Invincible really blew me away. It was really cool, mm-hmm. and uh, but yeah, I'm I'll, I'll get to it eventually. Then uh, yep, we'll see. Excellent. Yep. Stephen, what do you have? Well, uh, let's see. So I watched uh, the other day on Max. I found uh, a little movie I, be- I believe Brent mentioned recently, which uh, or like in the last year or so, which was Silver Bullet. Did you watch that one with the uh, werewolf movie? Do you remember that movie? Uh, I rem- I don't. I haven't watched it since I was like very little. Yeah, you I mentioned just it the- when you were a little kid. When you were on the show, we did a, that. <laughs> yeah, that's- past i don't remember someone in my life maybe mentioned it uh i okay. i heard about it again recently it's a it's a werewolf movie with Corey Haim back from the 80s it's a stephen stephen king silver bullet uh but uh i would recommend it so if you haven't seen it since you were a kid uh i i was surprised i think i had in my mind i haven't seen it since i was a kid too but i had it in my mind that it was really dumb so i had really low expectations so it was just like a pleasant kind of 80s movie uh it's not fantastic it has some like cheesy parts to it and stuff uh, essentially Corey Haim is is in a, a wheelchair his uh uh, uncle is Gary is a drunk Gary Busey, so it's 
Gary Busey, and uh, <laughs> and uh, and he builds it like uh, when he calls the silver bullet. It's like a, a motorized, like an actual like go kart motor on like a wheelchair that he can like ride that around I town. Remember. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and then there's like a werewolf that gets loose and starts you know killing people, and so there's like the town's like trying to find out uh, what happened. But uh, it had some really sentimental music in it. Um, that was kind of funny to me, but uh, overall, I really liked it. Uh, it ends on on Halloween night, so I was I was really excited because I was like, "Oh my god, it's it's a Halloween movie too!" It's the like most lackluster Halloween decoration movie like at all that I've ever seen <laughs> of anything that took place around Halloween. They they talk they about just, kids trick or treating, never show a single one. <laughs> it was like Come they on. stapled a, a spider to a curtain. They were like, "We're all set." <laughs> yeah, got we're it, good. got it, nailed yep. it. Um, yeah, so but it was fun. Uh, um, overall, I, I enjoyed it. I love werewolf movies, and it had some some twists mm. and turns, and and it had that, that that nostalgic spark. That's what I was looking for. Stuff I had forgotten about, but remembered as I watched it. That's always fun. So mm. I remember a scene with a wheelchair that's like a plussed up wheelchair, mm-hmm. and then also some fireworks. Yes, does that There's make a sense? Rocket that, involved. Okay. Yeah. It's a, okay. It's a, yeah. Uh, mm. Yeah. Dave, have you seen this movie? I've not, but it it kind of sounds to me like somebody saw American Werewolf in London and Halloween and Blue Thunder and thought, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> These three things could work we got together. Get Corey Haim. It was when you started Corey talking Haim, about the wheelchair being done up and I was like, is this Knight Rider? What are we doing here? It's like Airwolf or something. You see it, dude. I, mean, I, I, I guess the name Airwolf yeah. was taken so they had to set it on, yeah. on ground instead. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, they did. Have ground, ground Wolf. Yeah. yeah. There yeah. we go. It's got Sorry. um there's a another guy I always forget his name but um he's in Twin Peaks and he's uh in the the people under the stairs he's like the the main adult guy um and in in Twin Peaks he runs like the gas station um and he's got oh, a, a wife who fucking hates him I can't remember his I name. I, I never remember his mean. name. It's like he shows up in things. Yeah, and like eighties, early nineties stuff. And I love him. So when mm. I saw him, that was cool. Um, yeah, but it was uh, it's available on Max. I watched it just randomly. I was like, I just was scrolling through trying to find something, and I was like, I have to pick something. I was like, yeah, that sounds good. And that night ended up being the Supermoon night. So I think oh. I'm gonna be a werewolf. I think I think oh, cool. in this version, <laughs> you watch that movie and you become one. So oh my god, Stevie, you get that. Uh, hair back on your bald. <laughs> I don't know why that sounds so dirty to me. Get that hair back on your bald. It's lovely. But uh, yeah, man, it yeah. was cool. So I'd recommend it. It's on Max. It's called Silver Bullets from uh, like 1984, I think. Somewhere in there. 85. 85. The year of your birth. Hey, there you go. Yeah. There uh, you go. But yeah, it was, uh, it was enjoyable. So Talking about uh, services right. that can't get their names right. H- oh my gosh H- Rex, Rex, yeah. Rex or whatever it's called let's yeah. just get rid of our brand names that everybody knows what the fuck is happening right Twitter, now Twitter, so HBO everything yeah. just throw it in the garbage who cares yeah <laughs> yeah. maybe they're trying to get rid of the HBO so the, the X from what used to be Twitter could be the end of the max word and that's the start of this okay. new app you know everything, maybe they're, maybe they're yeah. gonna <laughs> can't wait uh, <laughs> but yeah that was a that was a fun little mini topic segment but I, I know we were all itching to talk about Mia's August and uh, yes. the, the movie of the day Howl's Moving Castle so uh, how about we go ahead and get into that a little non-spoiler for maybe like five ten minutes and then uh, we'll get right into it does that sound good Sounds good. Absolutely. Super. So uh, let's see. Howl's Moving Castle is a 2004 movie, 
and it's uh, obviously written and directed by uh, Hayao Miyazaki. It is based on Howl's Moving Castle by Diana Wynne Jones. Uh, Dave, you had mentioned that I didn't. I I, mm. I finished this movie. Uh, I had to watch it uh, last night and then uh, fell asleep, so I had to finish it this morning. I literally finished it like mm. six minutes before the show, Same so man. I have not had the. the oh, cool. Okay, <laughs> I haven't had the deep dive to all of us <laughs> that I would have done. Uh, but have you read that book, or do you know any more about like the history of that book before mm. this? No, no, I, I was aware that it was based on the book, um, but I, I, I'm i very much like Brent. Uh, I'm like, you want me to, oh you my want God, me I'm to so read sorry. this? I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. There's a film version. <laughs> Why would I read this? Uh-huh. Um, I'm just lazy. I'm, I'm just lazy. Hey, if, yeah, is, I do have enough. novelizations of some of the uh, some of the films. I, I've got the novelization of My Neighbor Totoro, which I got as a birthday present from my friend Ryan, the same friend that told me about Totoro back in mm-hmm. the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um and, uh, you know, I've, I've not uh, actually read that all the way through yet either because I'm a legendarily slow reader. Uh, I'm still working. <laughs> oh, my God, Dave. We are brothers. Yeah. <laughs> Separated by a body of water. This is incredible. This is great news for me. Also, don't you feel as a person who hosts multiple podcasts, mm. you're pretty busy. I feel like you know? that. You don't got time to read words only. <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here with that no, shit. I, I completely agree with you. Like, it has taken yeah. me, and I think it will take me longer to read Stephen King's Dark Tower series than it took him mm. to write the thing. Oh, yeah, that's eight um, yeah. of the two. Uh-huh. You know, and he, he started yeah. in the 70s and, and finished in the 2000s at some point. So, you know, he's got a lead of about 25 years on me, I think. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, if, if I really love a book, like autobiography is my jam, right? Like if, mm. I, if mm. I find an autobiography for a sports person that I really enjoy or an entertainer that I really like, then I'll read that and I'll be absolutely obsessed with it and I'll get through it in no trouble at all. But with other forms of written um, li- literature, I just really kind of struggle to hold it for too long. So Yeah, I've, I feel like I struggle with fiction mm. in particular because I'm, like, trying to build out, like, the world in my brain mm. or whatever. And my brain is broken anyway. So if it's, Squishy. like, nonfiction, I'm like, oh, this is based on the real world. I know what an elephant looks like. Giant trunk, big ears, four arms, I guess. Oh, man. So, You'd never eat one. Yeah, they're off the menu. <laughs> yeah, can't eat it. Brent literally will not say he could eat an elephant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a I guys, I can't do it. Got too many yeah. arms. You know? Might have a fifth arm on the front. Possibly one on the back. Yeah, is it an arm or is it just prehensile nose? It's a, yeah, oh, man. It's a weird one. I wish I had that. Mm-hmm. It's a weird one. Oh, my God. Yeah, but they can feed themselves with it, which is cool. So uh, we all wish we could have that. But um, yeah, so um, I again, like I don't have the 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 actual Japanese names. I listened or I watched this dubbed. Uh, I think last time Brent and I decided we're going to do all that this series. David, uh, do you usually watch these dubbed as well? I do, actually. Um, I started watching it subbed and then I thought to myself, why am I doing this? Because the... (laughs) Well, no, because this is the thing. I've got this reading thing. I I enjoyed you talking about sub versus dub last week because like one of our earliest episodes of Generation Animation, we actually pretty much did an entire episode where we just discussed this. And we all pretty much came to the agreement and conclusion that there is no right or wrong answer where it comes to sub and dub. It's Mm -hmm, it's what you prefer and also what you get on with better because sometimes you want to watch something and you want to take in the animation and it's really difficult to fully concentrate on the visuals when Mm -hmm. you're trying to read the words at the same time. Um, 
and other times you try listening to the dub and it's fucking atrocious and mm-hmm. that put, that takes mm-hmm. you out even more so there's a balance there sometimes you prefer and, and there are some times as well um where the dub like the english language dub is is pretty decent but you're used to watching it with the japanese original mm. voice actors um that's yeah. something that happened to me with uh bleach which is currently back um finishing off its thousand year um blood war arc i watched it when it was fan subbed so i got used to mm. listening mm. to all of the original japanese voice actors portraying the characters then it got picked up in the West and it started being adapted with an English dub with uh, Johnny Young Bosch and a, a bunch of other uh, voice oh, actors. Oh, hell yeah. And um, I just... That's the second Black Power Ranger, Stephen. Oh. Yeah. Asian guy. I, the name sounded yeah. familiar, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a pretty prolific voice actor um, awesome. in his second yeah. career. Um, and I just never moved over to the English dub because I was so used to those voice actors. Right. So I can see that for yeah. sure, yeah. But in the case of Ghibli, I think it's it's a special case because of the fact that the dubs that they do are so good and they all mm. have been. Oh every single one of them. Yeah. And I know that you, you can make an argument about stunt casting and about, well, they just got big names in. But when you get someone like Billy Crystal come in and oh. play Calcifer in the perfect. way that he played him. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, had right? no idea. <laughs> I, I go into watching these movies. Cole, I, I will read the description on Max just to get like a general idea for what the overall story is because otherwise I'm going to be like, is this the plot of the movie? Right. Is this the plot? Like I'm just going to keep trying to guess it's at it something. and get frustrated. So I don't read the voice cast or anything. Mm-hmm. So I'm watching this movie. I'm like, who is this person? Who is this person? I heard Billy Crystal's voice. had no idea who it was the entire time. <laughs> if I would have just made the mental connection. Oh, it's Mike Wazowski right. from Monsters, yeah. Inc. That would have. But I was like, this sounds so familiar. It sounds like a comedian from like the 80s. Who the fuck is this? And then I saw the thing at the end of it. And I was like, oh, fucking. Of then, course, like, it's totally Billy Crystal. Right at the end. Mm. Oh, my God. Yeah. That was. Oh, and he was well cast so for that. Uh, yeah. So it really was. I noticed. Uh, Christian Bale it sounded familiar. Holy shit! So when I heard when I, I looked this up, I was like, oh, "Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah." I had no idea. I saw that at the end. I said, "There's no fucking way that's him." <laughs> so I like rewound it a bit, and I heard his voice. I was like, eh, "I guess." Like he did a good job. Like he, I liked him in it. Yeah. It, there, there's something with like voicing anime to where you have a little a little bit more like uh, breathiness to your voice, or you, that seems to be like what happens mm. on a lot of them. And uh, yeah, I would have never have guessed that fucking Batman right. was out there voicing this this guy. So this is the year before was, Batman, that was yeah. Incredible. This, is, this is right yeah. around that time. Uh, yeah, yeah, then we had Emily Mortimer as the uh, young Sophie, and then Gene Simmons as the old Sophie. Uh, Lauren Bacall as the Wait, Witch Gene of the Wait, Gene Simmons from Kiss? Yeah. Gene Simmons. <laughs> yeah. She's out there. T- <laughs> I should have known. Every time she said, lick it up, or I went up to the rock and roll all night party every day. I was like, okay, I get it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, Billy Crystal, as you said, as Calcifer. Um, Josh Hutcherson as Markle. And Blythe yeah. Danner as uh, Solomon. Uh, Jenna Malone, I mentioned her recently. I, I've loved Jenna mm-hmm. Malone. She was uh, Letty. She's not in it for very long, but um, it's like once I once I hear, I can kind of hear some of them and not always, but once you look it up, then it's like it clicks. So uh, I would go back and be like, oh, yeah, that's Lauren McCall. I can tell that or whatever. I couldn't tell Josh Hutcherson, but. Uh, yeah, he was just a little kid. He was born in 92. This came out in 2004. So he was oh, like still, yeah, pretty much a, a, pretty young. A, like a teenager when this came out. Yeah. Um, Emily Mortimer, Stephen, yeah. I noticed that uh, she was in Scream 3. Yeah, I love her. She's, Do you recognize her from Oh, that? yeah, she's the, the new Sydney. 
that uh that oh, wins okay. the role and um yeah so i like her a lot yeah she's in our idiot brother she's in a bunch of stuff that i like so um hearing her okay. voice in there too was really great um but i thought everybody was really great yeah as dave was saying like when you it can be seen as stunt casting sometimes and we've talked about that for various other movies you know even modern movies just just being cast that way but uh for mm-hmm. these dubs i think that they they just get good people in the roles and that's that's worth it so yeah, I'm kind of curious about the casting process for these movies because it's it's um it's like if Disney was also an A24 film, that's how <laughs> I see these movies, nice, you know? Yeah. Like they're animated but they're of like higher quality, they have more mature themes and uh like how do you cast Christian Bell as one yeah. of these voices, you I would know? Love to know? It's just like uh, intriguing to me. Uh I just I don't I don't know. I just thought that was an interesting uh idea mm. to do that. But um, yeah, Dave, do you have any insight on any of that stuff? Um, I uh, the casting, no. I I know that um, the, the 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 vocal dubs for a lot of the movies were done or casted by Buena Vista, I believe, which people will probably mm-hmm. know is a subsidiary company of Disney. Um, mm-hmm. There's a very famous story mm-hmm. which you uh, talked about last week uh, about how Hayao Miyazaki sent a. Uh, uh, and this, mm, this oh, was yeah. when when they weren't working with Disney, but when they were working with a certain producer who I'm not going to mention by name. Uh, but uh, uh, let's just say that Kevin Smith made a lot of movies with him. Um, <laughs> right. They they sent a katana to the offices, basically saying no cuts, and it was mm-hmm. basically Hayao Miyazaki saying, "Look, if you cut the movie, I'll cut you." Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, 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 Hayao Miyazaki's my favorite grumpy old man. He really is. Like, he, he just doesn't give a yeah. shit about anything. Um, He'll say what he thinks, and then people just have to deal with it because it's Hayao Miyazaki. Right. Um, there's yeah. uh, one name on this cast list I did want to bring attention to yeah. because with, with all of these actors that uh, you wouldn't necessarily think are voice actors in, in their own right, there's a, a name down here, and, and he has a very small role, but it's a role that persists throughout the movie, which it was Turnip Head, um, played by Crispin mm. Freeman, mm-hmm. who is a little bit of uh, voice acting royalty, actually. Um, he's very well known in certain uh, circles for being a voice actor that's worked on a lot of dubs of uh, very well-loved franchises like Slayers Mm -hmm. Um, he was the uh, the voice of Alucard in I think both versions of Helsing Um, because there there were two adaptations of Helsing Uh, both of them are incredible by the way If, if you love a little bit of horror um, mm-hmm. in your anime then uh, definitely check either of those out because they're both fantastic awesome um, but he's a guy that you can absolutely rely on where it comes to voice acting because he's been there done it he's just an absolute pro um, yeah I saw his uh, his credits on Wikipedia and it was just like a host of titles I didn't recognize I was oh, like yeah. oh this guy's prolific in doing stuff that I'm not familiar <laughs> yeah, with so right. yeah exactly yeah, must be a, a big shot but, out yeah there. like um, cool. uh, and, and they really I, I think that the uh, the whole vocal dubbing thing it kicked off with Princess Mononoke, and then they mm. went back and they dubbed a lot of stuff after the fact. Um, after that, oh, okay. if I remember correctly, I could be completely wrong with this one, but I remember mm. like you know they, there was a big fuss made uh, at the time because Gillian Anderson being in the X Files, of course, so mm. she was um, yeah. in in Mononoke as um, as the, mm-hmm. the mother wolf or the spirit of the forest, whatever the, the hell they they called it. Uh, been a while since I watched Mononoke, so okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so like there was a big fuss about her being in it, and um, th- then they cast quite a lot of kind of like reasonably well known, but not like top level actors. And then this mm-hmm. is the movie where they're like, okay, let's get Billy Crystal. 
Um, and he was actually, yeah. believe it or not, at the time, obviously like Lauren Bacall, legendary, and, and Gene Simmons had had a, a, a long career before this. But really, it was Billy yeah. Crystal that people... Been touring since the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> putting, on, putting on makeup. <laughs> but Billy Crystal, when, when he was announced, that was the name that everyone sort of paid attention to. And they were like, mm. oh, hello, okay, something's going on here. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, he, like, I love his performance. It's just... He doesn't do anything to disguise his voice. It's just this Billy Crystal is a burning totally him, yeah. fire. <laughs> that's that's why I was so frustrated that I didn't yeah. know it was him uh, at the when I was watching the movie. Uh, it looks like Monsters Inc. came out in two thousand one, yeah. so this was three years that's later. Interesting. So I I don't remember seeing this advertised anywhere. I don't I don't remember anything about hearing Billy Crystal was attached to one of these movies. All these but movies like, I, that way, right? It was a long time ago. I've like, forgotten. I think yeah. like we, we really just didn't have them in our minds. Like, I don't know how this all mm -hmm. didn't ever stick with me at all, all the advertising or just watching mm -hmm. them ever. Well, even when yeah. Spirited Away came out, like, there were posters for it at the local cinemas. There wasn't any TV spots in the UK. I doubt there was TV spots in the US. Um, it won an Oscar. So, obviously, a very good film. Oh, yeah. But yeah, you'd think, yeah. They just didn't have faith in anime and Ghibli at that mm -hmm. time to put the money into marketing it abroad. They were like, we've got an audience, like a core audience, that will come and watch these movies. We'll make sure we yeah. advertise them enough that they know that they're being released. But that's all we're going to mm -hmm. do because we'll make most of our money in the West on DVD and video sales. Um, mm -hmm. And to be fair, since Spirited Away, they've not really changed tack because they know, again, they've got their audience. Why do they need to throw money away advertising a movie which everyone that knows about is always going, already going to go and watch? Um, yeah. mm -hmm. it's, it's a little bit depressing because there's been some really spectacular animated movies in recent years um, that I, I wish more people knew about and had been given the opportunity to decide if they wanted to see it. Uh, like I, I've been very effusive about the fact that I think that um, Matoko Shinkai's uh, Your Name is probably one mm -hmm. of my favourite movies mm -hmm. ever made. Like genuinely, yeah, that just came out what last uh, year? No, so uh, one of his follow-up films came out last year. Uh, Weather, not oh, Weathering, okay. Weathering with You came out a couple of years after Your Name, and then um, Door to Another World. I can't remember the name for, for the life of me at the moment. But his most recent film was, yeah, uh, last year, beginning of this year. Um, and they're all great, but none of them really mm. stand up to your name. Like, that's, like, tip-top for me. But even even those films, after your name's success, they, they don't get advertised that much. You, you have to be lucky and see an announcement on Twitter. Not going to call it that letter. Um, or, <laughs> or on Facebook, or one of your friends might say, hey, have you seen what's listed on the cinema for next month? Uh, you know, it's, it's very hit or miss. Uh, which is irritating yeah. because, as was mentioned on the show last week, anime is a huge business in Japan, and like ET was knocked mm. off the top by Mononoke, mm. and then Mononoke yeah. in, in in its own right was knocked off the top by Spirited Away, and then I think mm -hmm. Demon Slayer uh, is now uh, Mugen Train is now the highest grossing movie in mm. Japan of all time. I would have to check to I've make sure that, yeah. it was at one point. I know for sure. Mm. And it's like, that's crazy. How, mm -hmm. <laughs> how has that beaten Avatar? Compared to us? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. so interesting. Yeah, but it's different markets, I guess. It's just yeah, it, it's totally, irritating because yeah. you wish that there was more effort put into the marketing of these movies over here. Um, right. 
but at least they're taking it seriously with to take it back to what we were talking about take it with the voice casts they are taking that seriously and they always have and i think they always will because i've never heard a dub of a ghibli movie that i thought was actively bad or even middling i always thought that the dub was really good so yeah Yeah, Yeah, you're very safe to stick with the with the dub going forward yeah, that's good, because uh, you had mentioned that, and then Allison last episode had mentioned that some dubs you come across aren't good, and that's maybe why you go to the subtitle one. But um, for these, it's nice to know that, and so far, they've, they've totally hit it out of the park. So uh, do you guys want to go ahead and move into spoiler territory? Does that sound good? Yeah. Let's do it. Excellent. So uh, here be spoilers. Um, I'll say r- right off, uh, again, Brent and I have never seen these movies. I, our, our guess of what this movie was last week was uh, a werewolf. This is my guess. A werewolf was mm-hmm. had a moving company who moved castles. And you I want to say I'm not, that, I, I'm not that far off. Uh, mm-hmm. He's not a werewolf, yeah. but he is a, a were. Mm-hmm. Uh, raven. I'm not sure what he's <laughs> supposed to be, this, this thing. Yeah. And, and he's not... I got the W close, you know, wizard, uh, instead of yeah. where maybe, but uh, yeah, I, it's we're yeah a little different. And, and Sophie in the movie owns a company. Okay, uh-huh. all right, so. hey, we're getting there. We're getting there. Okay, all right, we were, we were totally wrong. And all people right. move in it, so people move. I feel like yeah. we, we had it right on, but uh, yeah, it was yeah. it was definitely uh, interesting to to get into the plot like brent said uh, i actually had to i i should have done what you did brent like look up a little synopsis because i did just start the movie and then after like 20 minutes i was like i don't really know what i'm what i'm following i don't really know where this is gonna go and so i did have to go back then uh and and kind of understand but then once i got into the movie uh yeah it was it was fantastic it's um they are so inventive and I know this is based on another property. I'm, I am curious about that book. I'm not sure if I'll read it now, but maybe eventually. Uh, but uh, it's still like it's just these worlds that I feel like are fully envisioned and they just feel so magical, like things that I never I never knew about. And here it is on a platter. I could just go watch it any time and, and live these magical mm-hmm. worlds. So uh, they're they're, yeah. they're just beautiful. So well designed. Uh, lots of stuff to talk about. I didn't take any notes again. I just wanted to kind of live in the movie for that first visit yeah. for these, but uh, we can jump around wherever. So, uh, yeah, either mm-hmm. of you have any uh, main, main points you want to hit? I do want to mention on the book, I clearly I didn't read it. <laughs> I would never, you know. But uh, I guess Miyazaki really, he took kind of the structure of the, the story or maybe some, like, um, little de- details here and there, but he adapted it and changed the overall themes mm. of the the story to reflect his frustration with the United States war with Iraq mm. and it's like I I agree with him but also dude this is our fucking war bro <laughs> I'm going to fucking warm up the Boston harbor we might have to throw Miyazaki in the oh, harbor wow dude. you're going to get territorial about it. it hey oh hey bro I mean you know don't come on ass like that. Were we wrong? Was it a fake war? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did okay. we lie? Were we, you know, were we wrong? Bro, you were we wrong it, to rename French fries Freedom Fries because the French had the gall to say that maybe we shouldn't be doing this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's a, uh-huh. a great timer in our, our, our culture. Don't worry about it. It's oh wonderful times. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Time when, to be alive. Dude, when word came yeah. down that they were renaming French fries to Freedom Fries, the amount of confetti that we threw up in the air. <laughs> Blocked the atmosphere for months. Due to the matrix. All the French fries went into the yeah. harbor. <laughs> Displacing right the two. fucking harbor they go, bro. Just sweep them right into the harbor. Man, that really makes me sad yeah. to think of French fries just being dumped on the harbor. And not even for wasting food, just for wasting French fries specifically. 
No, but the then the, uh, the, fish, the, oh. the fish and the, the octopi used their arms to bring them down and just nibble all the arms are like, thank you. Um, unfortunately, we were smarter <laughs> yeah. than the octopus and the uh, the squid, and we caught them all and ate them, except for Brent, who oh, wouldn't eat them on humanitarian grounds. It was a trick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Makes sense, yeah. man. Man, that's, full circle, though. I love yeah. it. But I, I think this yeah. movie can be seen as just like uh, more of a... Obviously, the inspiration was the uh, the, the war um, or the invasion. I suppose we we can call it now of mm-hmm. Iraq. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it was necessarily without warrant. I, I'm certainly glad that Saddam Hussein isn't in charge of the country anymore. There's so good parts to it. There were good parts. Right. Why? What happened? <laughs> um, but overall, you know, spoilers for the Iraq War. Um, it, it wasn't really, you know, it certainly wasn't justified why we went in there. Anyway. I'm, oh, hold on, hold on. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, I'm, sorry. It yet. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I can say that because I, I'm part of the 50% of the powers that actually actively went ahead and did it. So, you know, it was, it was, it was yeah, us in America. <laughs> we're going to resurrect England's tea from the harbor. <laughs> We'll mill it back. We you. like the iced tea over here. Um, <laughs> that's a terrible Boston accent. I apologize. No, it was <laughs> no, it's I just as it. good as mine. It She's works. A wicked pisser. Uh, <laughs> hey, look, I, I don't. I don't do a very good Boston accent, but I've watched Ted. And <laughs> that's that's, that's all you need, you know. Yeah, close yeah. enough. Um, close but, enough. Um, we're, we're, I'm sorry, I've completely lost my train of thought. We were doing Boston accent. French fries in the harbor. The Boston harbor will do that. Boston yeah. harbor, war in Iraq. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Oh, it yeah. was about that, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So the, the the film, I think, even though it was inspired as kind of like a, a stance against the, the, the war in Iraq, I think it can be taken more as a general anti-war message, which is something totally. that you yeah. see in several of his films. Um, for somebody that has said that he's he's not a feminist, and again, I'm cribbing off of what Alison said last week and, mm. and what you guys spoke about last mm-hmm. week. Well, she's a woman. She was being hysterical. <laughs> like, just disregard everything she was saying. I know she's listening to this right now, and she hates that, and I will get several text messages about it. You can say that. Alison, I'm, I'm not going to say right. that. Um, <laughs> as, you know, I, I still think that he does have... Um, a lot of those leanings and that comes from I mean I, I've read interviews with him where he talks about the, the strength of his mother and the patriarchal society mm-hmm. that he grew up in and he is a, a man that respects that and wants to pay serv- lip service to that so uh, apologies mm-hmm. that's my granddad in the background and the dog has decided she's going to try and mount him um, <laughs> watch your toddler Oh, look at that doggy. Oh, my goodness. She's a cutie. Anytime, she's a, cutie. anytime a dog is on the show is a good day. So, What's, what's the dog's name? Uh, Poppy. Oh, Poppy. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, lovely. Because she Love she it. looks cute, but she's metal. Um, <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> um, I wish I could remember a, po- a Poppy song right now because, you know, as an NXT regular watcher back in the day, I, I lived off of that music for a while. Um but oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. He, he definitely um, has a lot of views that, although he doesn't like to label it as one thing or the other, definitely come down on the, the more kind of uh, liberal left-wing um, ally kind of side of, of the equation. And I yeah. really like that about his films mm-hmm. is that he never makes a concrete stand on anything yeah. saying this is absolutely wrong and this is absolutely right, but he does give you enough... 
that does give you in the, sorry there's chaos going on around me it does give you enough in the content of his movies that you can you can basically draw that conclusion yourself um crushed yeah. it's noisy no it's okay the the, the dog has been go. scurfed up now we're safe um so yeah, he he, he um, it, it, it's an anti-war movie for sure. Like you can tell from the way that everyone um, looks at it and talks about it, and the way that he uh, frames the scenes where uh, where where um, Howl is in bird form mm. and kind of flying and, and taking on these other wizards, and mm. you know, it's 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 not glorified. It's all very kind of it's quite brutal. It's as brutal as it, it dare be it's for this movie. Very yeah. somber, very dark tones, very, very muted. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he feels tortured every time he goes out, sort of, or every time he, he comes back. He doesn't look happy to be doing it, does he? No, and he doesn't right. look happy coming back either. Mm-hmm. Like he looks physically drained when he comes back. Right, and th- that's all very intentional, I think. Like he's not glorifying war, even in movies um, like The Wind Rises, which were very. Uh, um, controversial because of the, uh, the the subject matter. Basically, it's the biopic of the man who invented the Zero Fighter, which was the fighter plane that the mm-hmm. Japanese used during the Second World War. Uh, a lot of them were mm-hmm. used as suicide, uh, you know, by su- kamikaze pilots. Um, right. And, and even that film, it doesn't glorify the Zero or its use in the war. It glorifies the love that that man had for aviation and the fact mm-hmm. that he wanted to create the greatest plane ever created. He didn't care what it was used for, and that's a, that, that's a stain on him. But mm-hmm. he just wanted to make the best airplane he could. And it's this love mm-hmm. affair between him and flight, and also there's a more traditional love story with uh, with a girl that he meets while he's uh, uh, holidaying away from home. But it's, it's a really interesting movie that, again, doesn't carry an anti-war message, but it, it's certainly not pro-war either, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, I, I, I really, I picked up on it a lot more than I have previous uh, viewings. That this movie was mm. very much anti-war and, and against the idea of conflict, just making everyone look like idiots that were going gung ho into yeah. it. Basically. <laughs> basically, that's all you need to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's. I mean, Stephen and I's nation is full of them. Oh uh, yeah, I am one of them, so I get it. You know, <laughs> uh, I. I after I watched the movie, I was reading the Wikipedia article on it. Uh, there was a quote from Miyazaki that said something to the effect of he wanted to he, – he was so inspired and enraged by the Iraq war that he wanted to make a film uh, that Americans would hate. But, like, it did – you know, relatively speaking, did pretty well over here. People <laughs> seemed to like it. And I, I didn't really, like, look back on it and be like – Maybe it's because I'm not currently in that that mindset of you know uh, the the war going on, but I uh, it, it didn't seem like overtly about war. Like there were soldiers yeah. in it and whatnot, but that's I don't know. There, there were other things going on in the movie, so that wasn't like the main focus. I know there were like bomber planes and all this stuff, but um, you know I was, I was primarily consumed with this dog with chicken feet. Oh yeah, and then also this the the main character having been aged up to a 90 year old woman and what was going on there and like why was she changing back and forth i was still trying to to figure that out you know uh but you know shout out to sophie uh, oh, the, yeah. end of the movie again we're in spoilers she was just stayed youthful but rocking that white mm-hmm, hair mm-hmm. just yeah love it you know i've noticed as i get older i'm just like see a lady with silver hair and i'm like oh, God. 
That was a big oh, thing. Yeah, Brent loves Wars, bananas. Right? Like, there, there was a lot of, of women that obviously couldn't get to a, a hair salon and they ended up with, with the natural grey hair coming through. Mm-hmm. And then there oh seemed to be this wave of women great. that dyed their hair or bleached it and then dyed it so it was like a silvery white colour. And it seemed right, to be all the way. Right. A popular thing yeah, for a while, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I, yeah, I'm kind mm-hmm. of I'm 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 for it. Like you know, you basically if, yeah. if you if you can wear it and you can rock it, then do it. Um, but yeah, I, mm-hmm. I what I really like about Sophie as a as a design as a, for a character is the fact that her age varies wildly throughout the film. Like she starts off mm-hmm. very young, and obviously the curse turns her into this ninety year old woman that's bent over double. But then you almost don't notice how. As she, as she starts living with Hal and as the movie progresses, she takes on a more youthful complexion. Like when she goes mm-hmm. to see the, um, the, the head sorceress at the, uh, at the castle, she's climbing mm-hmm. up those stairs and like you, you would think that she was like middle-aged um, until she had to carry the, the yeah. insanely heavy dog. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then you've got pro- probably my favourite car chase in the history of anime. Um, which doesn't involve cars and isn't really a chase, but it's two old women <laughs> trying to climb the stairs simultaneously, and one of them wants to beat the other. I wrote down a note about it. It's like, this is a four-minute scene of two women of advanced age climbing stairs. Like, that's it. Right. And it's just like, I was all about it. I, was, I had a big smile on my face. I was like, oh, this is what we're doing oh for the next little yeah. while. And it was just like a, a preamble to get to the castle and, and everything that happened there. But that was probably my favorite scene of the it's whole movie. It was just so fun. The, the, the time that was taken... To just show, like, just a static background and these two animated figures slowly <laughs> approaching and slowly climbing. And then uh, Sophie gets a little bit up and then she turns around and she's like, I guess I got to go back down and get this yeah. dog. Yeah, it was it was so funny to me. I like, too, she gets to the top and that guy's like, welcome to the castle. And she's like, you should help that old lady. He's like, I cannot. I am not yeah, allowed. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I am prevented. John Lovitz. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! No, and and the way that um, the the witch of the waste is constantly like she just sweats, right? And she's mm. pouring sweat, yeah. and she's developing extra folds of, of flesh every time you see her. And by the time that she gets mm. to the top, she's an absolute wreck. And then you know she she goes into that room, and I, I guess it's like an oven or something because it turns her into a prune. <laughs> and she, she and gets, she's yeah. like, my chair. <laughs> yeah, she gets wheeled yeah. out on this, this, this. It's not even a chair. It's like one of those little trolleys that you use to yeah, right. transport stuff around, like a, a a little kind of warehouse area. And she's just like this shriveled up old bag. And th- this is something that I really like about this movie. I I can't think of many other examples within Ghibli where this is the case. Spirited away, they kind of do it, but they do it by having. I'm. I don't know if you're going to watch Spirit of the Way for another episode, so I'm not going to say it because it would mm-hmm. spoil it, and I, I think it's best experience yourselves. There's a different way that they mm-hmm. do the same kind of thing with a character in, in, in Spirit okay. of the Way. Um, but in this movie, they take this really hateable character, the Witch of the Waste, and in the space of like almost 10, 15 minutes, turn her from a character that I do not like at all to a character mm-hmm. that I actually quite mm-hmm. like. Like she's yeah. not like reprehensible. She never does anything that's completely unforgivable, which is always really handy when you're going to have that kind of character arc where they become a character right. that you're supposed to kind of like a little bit. But mm. there comes a point where like she she ends up in Hal's house, and uh, Sophie's mother finds her, 
and leaves her bag there and there's like a worm in there and stuff and you know and, and the witch of the waste figures out immediately what's happening and she's like oh you sneaky thing a tracker worm and she feeds it to calcifer and you know that's a great little scene calcifer eating mm-hmm. is is mm-hmm. wonderful animation just full stop oh my god Love, love that. It, the yeah. eggshells at the beginning, the the worm yeah. then, you know. Yeah. Um, the wood, too, as he as he like climbs up the mm. wood or he'll like chomp it, like, Arrgh! put it yeah. in his mouth real quick. It's yeah. great. Just so expressive. <laughs> and yeah, it's so literally expressive. just like, I mean, fire must be really difficult to animate anyway. But when you try to turn yeah. it into a living mm. character, but also have it retain that look of actual fire. Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's why I yeah. say, like, Ghibli are right up there. Because, like, the, the imagination, mm. I've got no doubt that it was because of keyframes drawn by Miyazaki himself, that mm. they mm-hmm. got it to look as good as they did. Yeah. He's a control freak. Yeah, it's, it's not just a circle with some flames coming off the top of it. It's like the entire shape of Calcifer Constantly moves all the time, like yeah. wiggles. And yeah, yeah. Totally yeah. it's yeah. brilliant. But it all it always looks like fire, it so it's a, it was really it impressive. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like um, she, she makes that little switcheroo where suddenly she's working with them, not against them, and it mm-hmm. turns out that... She's just, mm. like, quite a, a sad, lonely old woman. And once that is right. exposed, once they expose mm-hmm. what she actually is, her true self, she becomes more likable for some reason. And maybe it's partly because you feel sorry for her because suddenly she's not this big, glamorous woman who's just evil. She has an actual personality yeah. now. She's an actual person fleshed out. No pun mm-hmm. intended. Kind of intended. Um, <laughs> you know, now she's just a shriveled-up old granny, and there's something about, um, sh- like old grannies that you just kind of want to give them a hug so you know they couldn't possibly be evil um and they lean into that and there is a moment where she sees Hal's heart and she very selfishly just goes for it Mm -hmm. but you understand why she's doing it at the same time you don't want her to do it but you understand why she's doing it i i think she's actually Mm -hmm. a a low-key really great character because mm-hmm. you you hate yeah. her at times, you love her at other times. She's a, she's a very human character because of that. Because she's flawed, but she she has good things right. and bad yeah. things about her. That's what I've read about Miyazaki's works. I haven't really looked into the other movies. I don't want to spoil anything for later mm-hmm. episodes of this this uh, series, but. Uh, I guess Miyazaki's pretty good about making even his villainous characters more three-dimensional. His hero characters are often flawed. So there's something to like about each of the the, the ones that we come mm. across, from what I understand, at the it's very lovely, least. And yeah. I noticed that about her, because like toward the end of the movie, she uh, Sophie gives the Witch of the Waste a hug and is just like, can I just please have his mm. heart back? Yeah. And she's like, oh, okay, here you go. So it... it really wasn't like a final duel to get the heart no. back or anything. She was just like, yeah, and you okay, really get that sure. I'm just... in, in Ghibli movies. You know, yeah. like, you'll get one or two where there's like a, a defined bad guy and a defined good guy, mm-hmm. and they have a climactic battle. But more often than not, it's just people that are misguided that eventually mm-hmm. find themselves and, and discover that what they're doing is wrong. And, and normally it's kind of it can be a little bit of a stayed formula but it's like oh i've just discovered that doing the right thing is actually much more rewarding than what i've been doing previously which is a very yeah. high miyazaki way of telling a story well a- another storytelling thing i've noticed about his movies so far is that he doesn't really do the thing that you see in a lot of anime maybe it's more like action anime oriented but where it's just like a blank background or a background filled with speed lines or something like that. It's always like lush, fully mm. illustrated 
backgrounds and there's constantly stuff going on. Uh, if the characters are wearing clothes, there's heft to them. Like when Sophie is running through the, the, the meadow, like when she goes to, um, travels back in time to, uh, uh, fucking Howell's memory when he was oh uh, yeah that's cool and she's running through that field and she has to like pick up her dress and like as she's running you can tell there's some weight to it as she's mm-hmm. running and sinking down into the mud and whatnot so I don't know it's really really impressive the the overall animation and and feel of mm. his work and, and I think that that's something that I like to think is shared uh, with with all of his work is that the story is there but the animation quality is there as well. They they complement each other because they're both really kind of as good as they could be, and you don't always mm-hmm. get that with with animation um, in general. I'm not even just going to say anime; like it's it's not uh, a problem which is exclusive to to one particular style of animation or one area. Uh, there, there's a lot mm-hmm. of times where you'll see a, a movie which is absolutely stunning, visually beautiful, and it's got absolutely no substance mm-hmm. whatsoever. And then, and then there's other movies that have a lot to say, but they just bore you because they just don't look good or they don't have a, a hook to them, a visual style which which brings you in. Or there are movies that are beautiful to look at and have a wonderful classic story with tons of depth like white chicks i think we can all agree <laughs> that's like the best of all possible yeah, that's the worlds. best animated movie i've ever seen yeah looks totally oh my realistic. god yeah it's absolutely the, um, <laughs> the, the the visual effects in that film honestly i've i've never fancied a wayans brother more than uh oh uh, yeah during, exactly. during that film. yeah <laughs> i will yeah. say the uh all of these the, the two movies we've seen so far yeah like the i've been so blown away by them because they have it all they have the beautiful animation but they also have such nuanced characters like he just seems to they uh, all of the, the team but from Miyazaki down they seem to put so much effort so much thought into every little bit of it and that's mm. obviously why you know they take so long they're all hand drawn and it's just they're just amazing like uh I don't think I was mm-hmm. as blown away by this one as the last one I think for one that was just like my first thing of any of these and it was so epic and and just really like floored me uh I really liked this one I don't really want to compare the movies and I kind of like how yeah. we're we have this weird order like they're not in release order they're not really related to each other we're just kind of we have this month you know we have whatever like uh next week we are doing spirited away right Brent is that, is that yes. correct? So uh, I, I it, they'll all play out in different ways to us, like, um, but they they're all unique and they're all cool. So so far, uh, I think both of these have been just phenomenal, and uh, I'm really looking forward to continuing on with the series and see what else he has. Yeah, and can we can we talk about like Howell real yeah. quick? Like Howell is a good name if he was to turn into like a werewolf, like mm-hmm. Stephen mm-hmm. posited on the last episode. But he does. He turns into like a bird. So shouldn't his name be like Caw? Oh, Caw's right? a kind of cool name too, right? Caw. Caw's Castle. Come on down, Caw's Castle. We got fireworks. <laughs> I, I feel. I feel like he he would have to look like a professional wrestler just because. I think we've all, we've well, all played, fine. We've all played yeah. WWE games at one point. Create a, a wrestler is uh, an integral part of, of that experience. Mm, <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. Well, but I think you could call him Crow. I don't know. Yeah, I, you'd have to Uh-oh. ask the original writer why he's called uh, Howell. I, Alan yeah, Moore. I, I guess that there's a reason for it. Maybe he did turn into a wolf okay. in uh, in the original. Uh, book yeah, maybe and, that was changed, right? Yeah. 
Because uh, Miyazaki's got a hard-on for flight. He just has. That, that's why he made The Wind Rises. You know, yeah. That's why there are always flying machines in his movies. Oh, I thought that movie was about farts. Uh, well, mm-hmm. yeah, you would be forgiven for thinking that, because that is absolutely <laughs> what I would okay. call a movie about guffing. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> I... Guffing... <laughs> <laughs> Just bringing my, bringing my culture into the podcast yeah, here. We love it. Love it. How does the this castle is an educational it podcast. Really is, this is how we this is how we learn. It's pretty fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, what other do you guys have any other like rounding out notes for this? Uh, we could talk about it for for days, I'm sure, but um, we're getting up to closer to our, our two hour mark on the on the show here. So, yeah, um, I just going back to what I was planning to say before we, uh, you know slightly moved over to the mini topics. Uh, I do want to mention that I love the way that uh, he's able to, so it it seems like he's able to direct these movies that have such slick animation to where not only is the animation like fairly smooth, but also he's able to animate so much like the, the cities and towns that we visit are just full of people, even like people in the background, just casually like having conversations. It's not just like the mouth flap only it's their parts of their clothing are moving at that same time. So it's not just reusing animation cells for that. Just the attention to detail is impressive and rubble. Holy shit. When that castle starts to fall, apart Mm. and then they like start sliding down the hill and fucking turn up head jumps in front of it to like uh as a breaking Mm. system like spider-man and there's just like you know like (laughs) spider yes yeah it pulls mcguire you know and uh yeah there's just like rubble and all this shit flying all over the place that has to be animated and it just looks so fucking good it's so impressive to to Um, especially hand animated crazy i talk a lot about this on generation animation so apologies to people that have followed me over because i'm going to say it again Uh, in in animation Mm -hmm. and, and this is not something that i'm an expert in and it's only something that i learned about in the last year um there's there are animation techniques which rely on skipping a certain number of frames between you know so you've got 24 frames on average for for a, for a cinema mm-hmm. um, style movie you've got 24 frames per second and scenes will be animated in ones twos or threes and by that what they mean is that if if you're animating in ones every single one of those frames will be a different frame if you're animating mm-hmm. in twos, yeah. then frame one and two will be the same frame. Frame three and four will be the same frame. So essentially, you're only animating 12 frames mm-hmm. per second, but you're still showing it in 24 frames. And what that does is it mm-hmm. induces a little bit of choppiness. So if you look at the mm-hmm. early scenes of this movie, where Sophie is walking mm-hmm. through the streets, it's a little bit choppy. And mm-hmm. the reason for doing yeah. that is not only because it, makes it easier for the animators because they haven't got as much work to do on the in-between scenes but it also means that when you get to scenes like the one that you've spoken about just now where they're sliding down the hillside and turnip head uses himself as an emergency brake if you animate that in ones it looks so much more fluid and dynamic that it sets Mm -hmm. it apart from what you were watching Mm -hmm. before um, and, That's awesome. Yeah, and there's a side-by-side example that you can view. If you go back and watch, like, five minutes of the movie, you can see it immediately, and that's her walking mm. through the city up until the point that Howl gets her mm. by the arm, rescues her from the soldiers, and they walk off. When, they're, when they initially start walking off, it's completely fluid. That is 24 frames per second, every frame used. 
the stuff before mm. that was in twos, so it was only 12 frames a second. And you can tell the difference. It gives you that extra fluidity and dyna- dy- dynamism. There we go. I said it. Hard word for me. I did <laughs> it. You did it. Easy for me to say. Um, and probably the best example of that is Akira with the nuclear bomb explosion. Uh, the explosion of the, of the nuclear device in Akira is done in ones, and then the scenes mm. either side of that are done in twos or threes. Um, just to slow things mm. down and to make things... And, and there's there's this weird phenomenon in animation which uh, some of the YouTube channels that deal in HD upscaling have exposed recently, which is that if you were to upscale an animated scene from, uh, let's say, Aladdin uh, mm. into 60 frames per second and you were to use um, artificial intelligence to interlope the uh, the frames so that you had mm-hmm. 60 individual frames per second, it looks wrong. It just looks wrong. It's all oh, too yeah. smooth. And it, it's like that, that motion smoothing yeah. stuff you have oh, on TVs by default. It's horrible. Right. It's an attack it on is. humanity. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and I turn it off the minute that I get a new TV, that gets turned off, and it right. gets left off for the, for the rest of the time I own the thing. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, so, like, when smoke is billowing in the air, it's actually better to mm. animate that more slowly and to have it more choppy, which is why during the scene where she's walking through the city, um, that's animated slightly more choppily because the train goes underneath the bridge and the smoke is billowing mm-hmm. up. And it just looks better because it's moving more slowly. There's something about it, I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, I thought I I'd just that. bring that up. Yeah, that's cool. That they, they use that technique. Yeah. And it's a common technique, but it's worth bringing up because they use it really well in this film, especially for that mm. scene where oh, they're sliding sure. down the, the cliff. And I had this this thought on the Mononoke episode, and then when it started, this one, and the beginning of it was, I could, I could tell it was uh, 12 frames per second. I was like, oh, they're saving the good shit for the end <laughs> in this movie, I could tell, because like you've, you've got a set schedule to animate all of these cells. A lot of the cells in his movies are very complicated, hand-drawn uh, animation. So I'm like, oh, my God, we gotta, we got to be like cutting corners here at the beginning slightly just to have more payoff toward the end of the movie. And that's exactly what happens. It's just spectacular mm. to look at. Yeah. No, it, it works really well. It saves the animators some time. And um, it's just how it's always been done. It's just none of us it's, knew about it yeah. until we were told for the first time. Whenever yeah, I, I, could, I could pinpoint it, I couldn't call it anything, but I could. I, I even when you mentioned that, I could picture those scenes in the city of her just walking around. It's like, oh yeah, it has yeah. it has what I I would say was like an anime quality. Mm. It's, it's it is that kind mm. of like like you can kind of almost notice it, but um, it's it, they kind of use it in this way. It makes me think of like a Wizard of Oz. It's like going from like black or white to color. It's like you, yeah. once you see how you're like, oh man, now everything's smooth like visually if you notice it or not it's going to get somewhere psychologically you're going to your brain's going to notice a difference that's the thing um, yeah so that's that's intriguing you yeah. always notice it whether you understand why it's happening or not you'll see right. it and you'll get it and mm-hmm. it will register in your brain yeah yeah right on even the uh, the castle the way it's animated oh, as that. it moves it's painted like yeah. a background but it's still like all those components mm-hmm. move independently but like I together have no idea how it was they did impressive it. i have mm. no idea i wonder if they like they like painted all of that stuff by hand and then put it in a computer program of some sort this was the early 2000s so maybe it was feasible for them to do that and just like kind of move them a little it, it doesn't look bad it looks different but it, it definitely looks yeah. different than yeah i, mean, I, than, I wonder than normal. because i mean all, all animation is stop motion Let's just get that out of the way now. Mm-hmm. Like it's all stop motion because you're literally just, you know, doing one frame over another. 
But may, may, maybe mm-hmm. it was like they painted all of the individual parts for the uh, for, for the castle, and then they just took um, images of it moving little bits at a time, or something mm-hmm. like that. I don't know. Or they mm-hmm. could have used computers. It's, this is the beauty of Ghibli. You have no idea how they've done it. And right. there's a very good yeah, chance... That, gorgeous. Yeah, there's a very good chance that the best way to do it was not the way they did it, because they wanted to do it the best way that they knew how, which is a much more traditional way. Yeah. So computers are probably the best answer and the easiest way to do it. But knowing mm-hmm. Hayao Miyazaki and his infamous distrust of all things computerized, I wonder if yeah. they might have done things <laughs> with a top-down camera, just taking individual images as they move frame by frame. I don't know. I'll have mm. to look into that. I'm, I'm really interested to know yeah. that now because I've, I've always appreciated how the castle looks in motion. I've never in yeah. my life thought, mm. how did they do it? Like toward the end of the movie where it's just like a plank on a couple of <laughs> yeah. chicken legs as it's like walking. That's that's like traditional animation. Mm. That makes sense. But uh, the like early in the movie where it's it's moving around and, and whatnot, that's that's wild. It looking. made me think uh, of Transformers. My, yeah. Like uh, like that oh, much movement. God. Like there's just so many parts mm. going around, you know? Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's cool though. Yeah. But this hand hand oh, yeah. on, so. Uh, my final note here is that uh, Turnip Head at the end, he like she uh, Sophie kisses him and it turns out that he's been the <laughs> prince that's been missing from one of the neighboring kingdoms for a long time. And uh, he's like, only a kiss from my one true love could have brought me back to human form. Then immediately she like jumps on uh, fucking howl and uh, starts yeah. kissing on him and he's just standing there like cucked as fuck and he's like well I I guess I'll go in this war well like, I, I, I like right. his philosophy, uh, philosophy which is like the human heart is always changing so you know I'll come back mm-hmm. and then somehow the witch of the waste gets mm-hmm. it in her head that he means that he's coming back for her which I just love it's like they're a good know, couple cougar town. I can see it <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, love it, <laughs> but it's funny because like uh, Turniphead, he like the the guy I can't remember his name. It's like the uh, Prince Justin, I think something like is that. Um, um, it is Prince Justin. Yeah, yeah, Prince Prince Justin. Justin. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> You're totally right. Classic Prince name. Uh, he like has a pogo stick. He hops on at the end mm. where uh, Heen, the the chicken foot dog, is like relaying this information back to the uh, the the king's sorceress or whatever and uh you see him like on a stick and he just like pogos off into the sky and i'm like okay sure why not okay all right i see some wild shit in this movie there's nothing just just gonna say like just because you get cured of a curse doesn't mean sometimes you get some unintended bonuses from that cure it's like oh yeah i've I've still got all of the pluses and none of the negatives i've got all four of my limbs i'm fleshy i can talk but yeah. uh, I got a hell of a hop, you know. Like I'm, I'm off to sign. I'm off to sign <laughs> the local NBA team. <laughs> got hops. White men can jump. They just need to be turned into turnip. <laughs> oh man! Uh, what about you, Dave? Uh, any last thoughts? Um, I mean, I've I've just been so effusive on this movie, and I, I've probably <laughs> spoken more than I should have anyway. So. I think I'll, I'll just you always oh. say that, but it's never the never the case. Well, I, I think you always mm-hmm. say that, and and uh, you're very kind <laughs> to, to always say that. Um, if I could, I'd, all these episodes would be four hours long. It's just I don't know that people would actually stick yeah. around for that, and I can't edit that. Don't tell me. 
So, do not tempt yeah, yourself. Yeah, right, exactly. Don't you exactly. threaten me with a good time, as my friend Tom Campbell always says. Um, no, I, I think that this is uh, probably one of uh, the, the best uh, Studio Ghibli movies, not only just mm. for the quality of the animation and the storytelling, but also the fact that this is one of those ones that you can sit everyone in front of and everyone's going to enjoy it, mm. whether it's kids or adults or... Any, anything in between. I basically named all the age yeah. groups already, yeah. but there we go. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, it, it, it's got really good voice acting. I think the music is really beautifully arranged as well. I've mm. not checked, but they yeah. have a regular um, contributor that uh, does all of the uh, the the, the, uh, the soundtracks. I'm looking for his name now. Yeah, it is. It, it's jo- Joe Hisashi. Um yeah, so oh, okay. he's a regular um, co- uh, contributor to uh, to Ghibli movies and especially to Miyazaki movies. Um, it's, it's just wonderful, and people should definitely go and see it. And it's available on DVD if you're in the UK. It's available on Netflix if you're in the US. It's on Max, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it, mm-hmm. you know it, it's worth. To be honest, for however much you're paying for Netflix a month or for HBO Max per month just to be able to sit down and watch a handful of Ghibli movies, it's worth it just for a one-month subscription just to see that stuff. Honestly, it's some of the best animation you're going to see, and there's so much variation. You've got stuff for kids, you've got stuff for adults, you've got stuff for everybody, including the the family dog, um, who has remained (laughs) suspiciously quiet for the last ten minutes. Oh, no, here she comes. Um, But, yeah, Yeah. overall, I just... Give me that dick. I I love this movie. (laughs) I'm wearing a box. Uh, <laughs> believe me, I've kept my, fit, my legs crossed ever since. Uh, <laughs> um, they're, they're a wonderful animation company. It's a wonderful director. I think the world is going to be a worse place when he finally retires and makes it stick. Yeah. Thankfully, he is very much um, like a, a pro wrestler in that regard. He'll threaten us with a retirement, and then he'll come out of retirement to make one yeah. more one more movie it's good um so you know but you know what even when he does decide to finally hang it up there are so many wonderful directors uh not just with with um uh ghibli but uh, i've already mentioned makoto shinkai uh for example like his work is absolutely astounding i i think people have com- have complained that he's maybe a little bit samey that all of his movies look very similar or that they have the same motif running through them but I think if you've got a story you want to tell and you can tell it well, I don't care whether it's similar to what you've said before. Um, I listen to the Foo Fighters regularly, and a lot of their music sounds very similar. I don't complain about that. <laughs> right. A lot of it sounds very different right. as well. Right. And to be fair, I complain more about it sounding yeah. different than I do about it sounding the same. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, I, I'm just really, um, really thankful for you guys to have asked me to come on and, and talk about this uh, this film and uh, to oh, just be just generally effusive and, and in love with uh, Hayao Miyazaki, the crotchety oh, old it. Japanese man. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. I was... Well, yeah. we're so thankful that you've come back on the show. Again, for such short notice oh, yeah. and uh, being so uh, gracious with your time, we really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> we, we see Poppy popping yeah. off back there. <laughs> yeah, anytime we get you on is a, is a great time. I, I felt like we had talked... A little bit about these or anime before, and so uh, in, in our heads it was, it was going to be great if we could get you on the episode. So, um, so lovely mm-hmm. to have you on here, and and for this one in particular, I think this was a great movie, and it was uh, a great one to discuss with you today. So, oh, you yeah. always say yeah, the kindest things, guys. You <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Well, listen, 
Uh, when when we have our friends on the show, which is, you know, as often as we can, it's always a good time. So, uh, yeah, always want to keep more of that. So did you want to go ahead and plug your other shows or anything else you got going on? Yeah, can do. I mean, we're on a a very slight hiatus at the moment. Um, Generation Animation and Erie International, both on the hiatus at the moment. Uh, Mm. Generation Animation will be returning Mm. next weekend, uh, which would be the 13th, I believe, is when we'll be posting the next episode. Uh, we'll be talking about oh, okay. the reboot of Digimon, which... Oh, okay, awesome. Oh, okay. I, it's more of a, a Felipe and Bianca episode. I'll be on there, okay. but I think I'm basically <laughs> going to be running production in the background and contributing every now and then. This is yeah. this is one that they're going to mm. be talking a lot about. Um, we will be... You should uh, tell them about your John Thomas I, incident. I, I feel like that's an all-timer. I've been telling everybody. <laughs> hey, do you know what? After that mm. incident, whenever you see a full moon, do you start, like, mm. getting itchy and, like, get the get the need to, like, howl or growl or anything? I mean, if I... Are you a werewolf? Is, is basically uh-huh. what I'm no, If asking. I get itchy down there, I'm going to go to a clinic, first and foremost. Um, <laughs> hairs on the palms of your hands aren't indicative of a werewolf. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll let you guys know. Uh, there is another supermoon okay. coming uh, at some point this month, mm. apparently. So uh, oh, that's going to be the, the test, uh, is, is whether I, I wolf out at that point. But I, oh, I yeah. see werewolf at night. I okay. know what to expect. It's all good. I'll just okay, good. Make, I'll just make yeah, friends okay, with cool. a giant plant monster and um, you know gallop off into the sunset. It's all it's all fine. I've got it's some. Beautiful. I've got a bag yeah. of kibble in yeah. the kitchen. I'll just pour myself a bowl and <laughs> keep myself locked up in the room watching TV. It'd be fine. That sounds actually. Yeah. That sounds kind yeah. of nice. Yeah, it's a good you way know, to spend an evening. Being a werewolf. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's not too bad. <laughs> Um, and then you've got another show that's on hiatus currently, uh, yeah, Erie International. Yeah. So Erie International, uh, we've not discussed an exact date for return with that one. Uh, there's just a couple of things that we want to uh, get straightened out before we come back. But when we do come back, I believe we're going to be talking about the film that we were going to talk about a couple of weeks ago, which is Knuckleball, um, mm. which is a, a fun oh. little low-budget um, indie horror movie. Um, nice. I would call it a cross between um, Home Alone and um, I don't know what else, to be honest. Maybe Blue, Blue Thunder. Thunder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. It's, it's Home Alone, right but with, with the gloves taken off, I think is probably a good way okay. of describing it. It's a, it's a good movie. It's okay. a good movie. Awesome. So, yeah, we'll be talking about that mm-hmm. at some point in the future. Um, we'll mention on the socials when we're coming back. So um, if you're uh, on Twitter, I will not call it by the other initial, uh, then it's uh, twitter.com uh, forward slash genanimation and twitter.com okay. forward slash eerie, I-N-T, I believe. Mm-hmm. And that's eerie, E-E-R-I-E, uh, I-N-T. So, yeah, that, those Excellent. are our socials. I'm at Real Dave Roberts. Uh, I've got links to those two podcasts on uh, pinned to my uh, to my account, so you can always use that as a waypoint. Uh, nothing of value is ever said on my Twitter account. It's just uh, a place where I tend <laughs> is to. It? Yeah, well, yeah, that's a very good point. It's just a place where I, I post abuse that I hurl at uh, US national women's team players. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> just sipping that tea, baby, sipping that tea. Listen, she she swiped at you first, all right? So yeah, you, I feel yeah, justified. You, you just came back at her all these yeah, all these yeah. years later. So that's her fault, really. <laughs> it's been four years in the making, but I got there. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, uh, yeah, so definitely go check out uh, uh, Dave's other podcast. Uh, those are awesome and and uh, a bunch of great people on those as well. So um, always glad to have you on here. You can uh, all, uh, always contact us. Um, the info is in the show notes as usual. You can rate and review us on your favorite podcast apps. Five stars is always appreciated. And tell your friends so that more people can find us. And next week, we will be back with more Mia's August as we do a 2001's Spirited Away. And I believe yes. we have a guest for that as well. Are we uh, able to announce that, Brent? Uh, let's wait. Basically, <laughs> we have guests make sure I'm... for everyone. Yes. But who the guest the is the yeah. might change sometimes. So, uh, But yeah. look forward to that. Yeah, that, that we just have other people on, which is awesome. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, anything else for you guys today? No. Not for me. Just thank you for having me on again. Uh, Dave. <laughs> of course. Uh, thanks for coming on as always. Uh, this was a blast. And uh, yeah, let us know through socials uh, as you watch the rest of them. Because uh, uh, I'm, I'm always curious for your thoughts on any of these. So, But um, yeah, until next time, I'm Steven. I'm Brent. I'm Winston. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk later. joke that entire time there you go <laughs> well played man well played Winston never forgets <laughs> that's right let's record on three one two three record record, record. nice Excellent. all right perfect uh dave um so here at ltas uh you know steven has deleted his twitter uh, a while back but i've kept it around because we do have uh, friends and uh, listeners that we interact with uh, somewhat regularly. So, you know, I, I got to keep that around just for that purpose. Mm. Um, and matter of fact, that's why you're on the episode today is because, because you, you DM'd been, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I slid up in those DMs, you know, <laughs> and it was dry. But uh, <laughs> Look, I wasn't ready. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Give me fair warning and it will be slippery as a, as a slip and slide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, that's that's one of the, the the benefits of keeping that around is like even though it's uh, yeah. it's it's really tanked here recently, uh, it has its necessary uh, components in the life of the podcast. So I appreciate yeah. you coming on. But also like recently, kind of everyone lost their Twitter because it's been renamed to X. Stephen, are you aware of this? I'm aware of it. I've seen yeah. it. Yeah, it it updated on my phone like a week or two ago, and it's still on my like my very first screen on my iPhone, but every time I have to look around for it, <laughs> yeah, there you go. I, it, I look past it every time because I think it's like, oh, okay. Uh, some totally different app for like, I don't know, like dollar shave club or, or, or something like that. You know, um, Dave, how do you feel about the, uh, the rebranding of uh, Twitter to X? It's played havoc with my um, exhibit fans only uh, app that I have because they're almost identical um, and, and don't even get me started on DMX. Uh, but yeah, it's, oh. it's fucking stupid, right? Like I, yeah. oh, I, yeah. I was not going to bring up Twitter, but since we're talking about it, we got to, you know. Just I, I don't know what kind of spunk muffin comes up with. <laughs> with the name x and thinks that it is copyrightable marketable i mean the dumb fuck used a a unicode version of the letter x he didn't even have it designed he just mm. picked one out at random from I was the wondering about that. Com. Uh, yeah, yeah right yeah. 
maybe he turned it upside down or some shit like he was yeah. being clever I don't know <laughs> but like, this just kind of further cements my assertion that Elon Musk is an expert in falling upwards because he mm. is not he's not an expert in anything he surrounds himself with people that know what they're doing in some of his ventures I don't think anyone can argue that Tesla has not been an absolute marvel and a success and it's it, you know, everywhere you go, you see a Tesla on the road, right? So right, yeah. they must be doing something right. Um, SpaceX, he actually got some space rocket Twitter? scientists involved. It's Sorry. Space Twitter, yeah. <laughs> yeah space That's Twitter. right. We should force him to rebrand that shit. Well, why isn't Tesla like renamed to Tesla X or mm-hmm. X? Yeah. Like, wh- why suddenly Wait, Tesla X? Tesla Tesla X. It's, it's a new brand of laxative, which uh, not only not only will get you going to the toilet, but will give you an electric shock every time you do. Oh, okay. um, there yeah. you go. The Tesla thing, you see. Uh, it's just it's fucking dumb, and I hate it. And I now have a new metric for whether I should respect someone's opinion on that hell site, which is mm. if they refer to their tweets as X's, I immediately know to discount their claims <laughs> because <laughs> they're fucking morons. I, I, and I'm ap- I apologise profusely to any. Anyone uh, listening that thinks that Elon Musk is some kind of genius or someone that they should be modeling themselves after, or maybe they like the name X, I just think it's fucking dumb that you pay $40 billion for a social media company with a recognizable logo, a recognizable name, an IP that people use on a daily basis trust is another matter but use on a daily basis <laughs> and then you strip it of absolutely every single thing that made it what it was he would have spent less money starting from scratch and he still would have ended up with the muscovites joining the fucking site i don't know why that came from muscovites <laughs> is something to be different, but I'm gonna repurpose it you know um elon truthers or whatever the fuck you want to right. call them they're just no, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I never bought into it. I always thought he was a dickhead, and he's just making things worse. And I feel so sorry for the people that actually put some thought and effort. Like, I'm sure you guys saw something to do with this, with how the, the Twitter bird was designed recently. Mm. Someone on the day that the bird were, was basically thrown down a coal mine, never to be seen again, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. the person that was responsible for designing the bird basically posted this like several tweets long uh thread where he went through the design of the bird how they put so much thought into it he posted four birds on the screen which to me a complete layman and completely uninitiated in the ways of graphic design they all looked exactly the same but then you (laughs) saw his notes and he was like wings slightly elongated belly slightly rounder um you know and then you looked at it and it was like oh no i do see the differences and there are reasons why they've chosen this over that because this is more friendly this isn't as friendly and um apparently he designed it all using circles he just overlaid Uh, circle after circle after circle it's like the apple logo See, I didn't realise the Apple logo was the same. But, yeah, apparently mm-hmm. this is quite a common thing in logo design because circles, golden ratios, all of that kind of stuff, right. like it's pleasing to the eye. It's something that mm-hmm. we gravitate towards. They had a colour scheme which worked for them, which stood them out from the crowd because even though blue and white was something that other social media platforms are using, this was a specific, you know, RGB level right. blue. It was a lovely mm-hmm. baby blue kind of colour. Yeah, exactly. You see those colours, yeah. you immediately think Twitter. And now right. it's black and white, it's edgy as fuck, because X is edgy. <laughs> and he hasn't even paid for graphic designer to make uh, an X. He's literally just robbed it from a font. 
and I'm just like, <laughs> you paid $40 billion for this brand and then spent nothing on it since. You've literally just pulled ideas out of your ass and mm. you've made your workers that stuck around try to make it work. And I fear for people that rely on X when it becomes this everything app that he's talking about. Mm. Uh, because if you if you do something wrong by him, then suddenly everything is shut down for you and you're in a lot of trouble. And I would put it in the same bracket at this point as the... Uh, um, <sighs> like Dogecoin Doge or Dogecoin or whatever it was oh, called. Yeah, yeah. All of these, uh, and all of these other Bitcoin things, which uh, I, the idea is sound, but people put too much stock in it too early and then it just bust and the bubble burst and mm -hmm. people were left with a lot of angry-looking apes that weren't worth shit. <laughs> I saw one of those just the other day and I was like, oh, right, that was a whole cultural thing for like a, a, like a week. Yeah. You know? No. And they last Dumb forever. Fucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, thank you for uh, giving me that platform to write yeah. on Elon Musk. But um, I, I, yeah, I felt like you would be the proper person to discuss that with because it, it showed the up angry by Brit. the time we recorded our last episode. <laughs> but you know, I know Stephen doesn't have that app anymore, and then our friend Allison, I don't think she uses it. But uh, yeah, I wanted to get your thoughts on it. I do like the idea that the the. Uh, the uh, the font he chose for the letter X was maybe like the third down on his list, and he just <laughs> continuously got vetoed. Like first one, Comic Sans X, he had up there. <laughs> Next one was like Papyrus X, and then it's just like, wow, fuck. They there was a whole ordeal with Avatar, so uh, I guess we'll just go with this one. Look, I, I, not even lying here. If he had found a font that was called Static X, I would have gone with that <laughs> just because I like that band. You oh know, yeah, Static you know, X. Oh like, yeah. And maybe that's just because of Need for Speed Underground. I don't know. But <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm here for the lols. And if you can't spend forty billion dollars and then make a meme out of the thing oh, you yeah. bought, then why, yeah. what are we doing? You know? Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely playing some 4D chess around all of us, and it's there's some goal uh, here for sure. Like, it's not just seat of his pants, just trying to yeah. figure it out. It's, it's like, you know, mm -hmm. I, I'm going somewhere with this, so I don't think I'm being too weird, but <laughs> it's me, I'm being weird. You know Men in Black, and Men in Black 2, where they uh -huh. zoom mm -hmm. out at the end of the movie, and it turns out that the entire galaxy is in, like, a, a, a droplet of water or a marble that some right. aliens mm -hmm. are playing marbles with. Yeah. And then it's put in a locker room. Like I feel like Elon Musk thinks that he's not just a galaxy <laughs> brain, but he's like a a marble bag brain. Like I'm outside <laughs> of of conventional thought of the universe, right? And, and he's we not. just don't understand just a, his level. <laughs> yeah, he's just he's a rich guy who understands a brand has value, and he buys into it before something blows up, and then just lets them get on with it for the most part while giving some stupid edicts about put my car in space um <laughs> and, and you know he's lucked out but twitter i and, and this is where i i think that um the kind of like the the cult of elon becomes a lot more mm. obvious he's done nothing but fail with twitter since he bought it and they're yeah. still pretending that it's the greatest thing ever and they're still giving him their eight dollars a month and it's like Tesla worked great. SpaceX is working fantastic. I'm really proud of you. PayPal was fantastic. How much of that were you responsible for, Elon? Right. None of it. Oh, right. Okay. So you're just the guy that swooped in and bought it. And it's like the business equivalent of stolen valor at this point. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind yeah. of sick of people giving him the, the, all of this praise for being this revolutionary idea man when he's just a 
rich guy who lucked into things and you know his dad owns a, an emerald mine or whatever the hell i don't even care if that's true or not i'm just gonna stick with it um, you better be careful I mean, man like, you're gonna get kicked off of x oh no he's gonna kick me off before oh, i leave oh no yeah. um yeah i mean i i could leave tomorrow it wouldn't really change my life it's, except for it's the better, better of my life yeah, yeah. for sure mm, yeah. yeah yeah i know I, I literally i'm only still on there honestly because there's a few accounts that i follow that um keep me up to date with certain things and if it right. wasn't for that if, if i found out that they had a freds account i would just mm. move over there you know yeah. basically there's a critical mass of accounts i follow when i find out right. enough of those have moved i'll leave twitter behind i don't give a flying fuck about that I, i'll take that stupid porn site looking at off of my phone and i'll replace it with whatever mark zuckerberg has decided uh, i'm sure he won't decide he'll get an actual graphic designer to design it um mm. he'll, he'll put that there and that'll be fine i've already got an instagram i'm basically signed up for threads already it's just a matter of yeah, time yeah. before i devote my time to that instead of this stupid bloody thing <laughs> yeah swap it over it is funny that uh all of us are now rallying around Mark Zuckerberg to kick Elon's I know, ass. Right? Like Mark Zuckerberg looks like gray Play-Doh come to life. You know, <laughs> he's just like such a basic bitch of a person. It's he's like weird. Kermit the Frog, but, but, but without the green, you know, and, and without the charisma. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. By the way, my my um, I, I did actually speaking of X or Twitter or whatever the hell you want to call it. I did tweet something today which I initially thought was very funny, and I do hold a grudge. I'll tell you this now. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, re- re- the reason I'm apologising is because it was at the expense of your women's national football team. Because Uh-oh. they were eliminated today from the World Cup by Sweden. Oh, fuck. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That game was um, like at 4 a.m. We, we weren't able to watch it, but I, yeah. That sucks. Uh, so, so, I'm sorry if I spoiled that for you, Steve. Oh, no, it's totally cool. <laughs> okay, um... About four years ago, in fact, it would have been four years ago because World Cup cycle, um, England and America had a game against <laughs> each other. Every 28 days, they have the World Cup. <laughs> Every 28 days, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Um, and Alex Morgan scored a goal against us, and she did this celebration where she sipped a cup mm. of tea with a little finger in the air. Oh, okay. uh-huh. I took that personally. <laughs> <laughs> that was like flipping Extremely. you off. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. imagine the Michael Jordan meme here now, right? Uh-huh. I took that uh-huh. personally. Um, yeah. And it took me four years, but I got her. Uh, I, so I, I posted a gif of the of the, um, the Lipton tea lizard uh, today. Oh yeah, yeah. Which is for, for those that don't know, um, it's a, a a video of uh, Kermit the Frog drinking a a cup of, of Lipton iced tea, or maybe hot Lipton tea. I'm not sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and, and so with with the, with the message to go along with it. Um, so uh, I feel so sorry for Alex Morgan. Ha 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 ha. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't call myself petty. I yeah, I don't really feel sorry or not. I don't believe that. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I, I I sympathize with the fans of American uh, soccer. Uh, I, I don't sympathize with Alex Morgan. That's my level. Hey, of fair enough. Like, you know, you can hold a, a grudge against one person. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I aspire to be as petty as as any other person on earth. But yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? How Mark Zuckerberg went from uh-huh. just kind of middling popularity american billionaire nerd um mm-hmm. to being the good guy <laughs> like the, yeah the one who if they ever have their jujitsu fight um we will be cheering <laughs> yes. for zuckerberg <laughs> right yeah i know we really are the worst timeline 
Uh, I don't know if we're in the worst timeline, but we're not far from it. Yeah. Because I saw, I heard about that, like this this fight idea or whatever, and then yesterday I was scrolling through something and I saw, uh, like, one of those, I don't know, it's like a boxing match or a UFC thing, like an ad, hmm. just like when I was scrolling through something, and it was like Logan Paul or Jake Paul or whatever the fuck. Uh, fights I saw that too, and yeah. I was like, we literally are fucking like in, <laughs> what is the, uh, uh, not office space, but the uh, idiocracy. We're like, we're, we're, we are totally mm-hmm. like, in that world and it really it really messes with my mm. head some of the some of the things that are popular and then like the way that this has all just gone down in the last few years is just wild as a boxing and wrestling fan the the Paul brothers <laughs> yeah. are literally my fucking worst dreams come true um turns out logan paul's a really good professional wrestler Oh, um, oh really yeah which is annoying right because you'd be a, like yeah quick joke and then he'd go away yeah. you know mm-hmm. but no he's actually really good um, Man. But I refuse to believe that Jake Paul is anything other than a middling boxer who picks his opponents very carefully. And whenever he comes up against someone that's actually schooled in the art, he gets his ass handed to him. Um, mm-hmm. uh, they've brought eyes to the product, but it's not helping boxing because it's basically turning it into a circus. And everyone is more bothered about uh, YouTubers fighting each other than they are about the heavyweight champion of the world. Yeah. When did this happen? You know, and it, it comes down to that idiocracy thing that you were mentioning. It's like we, we care more about the celebrity doing a thing than we do with the professionals doing the thing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. People that know what they're doing, doing it. And it's just like. Well, I saw him and I was just like, God damn it. He's going to be our president in like three, mm-hmm. like three years. Oh. Like, uh, you know, <laughs> not three years, whatever, whatever we're voting next. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, he's he's going to be our president down the line. Uh and it, I it just, it just yeah, it just weirds me out that this is a uh, this is our timeline. But it's, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's bad enough that we've got potentially going to have Lex Luthor, li- literally Lex Luthor, in charge after the next election. Because mm-hmm. I, I, you know, when when they made Lex Luthor president of the United States of America, I thought mm-hmm. that's a bit weird because hasn't he been to prison? <laughs> Isn't he a, like a supervillain? And then it turns out that we're going to have a man who's going to be in prison at the time. Um, you know, touch wood, I hope so. I know, uh, right? Running for the presidency. <laughs> which hoping. I feel there should yeah. be something in the uh, in in the laws that, that You'd prevent think. that. You'd think. Yeah. You I don't think, know. Wouldn't you? Like, maybe only the best and brightest should be president rather than anyone that... I mean, I'm not saying that if you serve time as an 18-year-old for jaywalking, and I don't even know mm. if you can serve time for that. I'm not saying <laughs> I should discount you, but I think at a certain level, and I certainly think that lead, leading uh, a riot um, to try oh, yeah. and overturn the Democratic election result, I think that might be the level where I would cut you off and say, no, you're not going to be able to run for office anymore. <laughs> it I, seems like a, a fine line to, to put on that, right, for everybody involved. just seems like... I think so. Better not allow that. Yeah, yeah it's, like, been, you know, uh, it's it, been good times over here, man. I bet. I bet. I mean, it's not been too great over here, to be fair. Yeah, um, the whole world is kind of topsy-turvy right now. Isn't it just? Isn't it just? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. pretty fun. Well, the uh, memification of democracy. Mm, indeed. In action. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah again, to talk about idiocracy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I think we got to go with the sync word that I heard early on, so why don't we sync with spunk muffin? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, check check out my database here. We've not used that one before. My so. work here is dumb, ladies and gentlemen. It's like 45 seconds in. I was like, yep, that's the one. Oh, that's it. Spunk Muffin. That's, right. uh, that's Brent's Limp Biscuit uh, tribute band. 
Hey, hey, Stephen, I know we like to joke around, have a good time. There's certain things you just don't joke about, okay? Listen, I, I very much appreciated all the references to Limp Biscuit last week. Oh, there you um, go. Oh, yes. And, yeah. Brandon uh, doesn't I, let an opportunity slide, exactly. I do not. No. I, I also feel feel very, very nervous living up to um, the, the standard that was set last week oh. as well. So... I think you're going to pull it out just fine. Everybody just listened yeah. to it, and I bet they were like, man, that was fucking great. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I'm going to so, apologize yeah, here for the people that have listened to it and been like, oh, yeah, it should have, they should yeah, have just gone, come back. They should have just done it the same again this week. <laughs> well, either uh, no one <laughs> listens to the podcast, uh, so you don't have anything to worry about, or two, they're too lazy to actually respond. So you're, you're fine. Don't Either way, yeah, you'll just never know, which is great. Evil like, honestly, if you, if you have a problem, just hit Dave up on X. It'll be fine, you know? Yeah, there we go. All right, All right so let's, let's sync with Spunk Muffin on three. Yep. One, two, three. Spunk, Spunk Muffin. Muffin. Mm. Beautiful. Just like the Spunk Muffins of yore. Oh, just like my grandma used to make. <laughs> Yum. Okay, so let's uh, resync with Spunk Muffin on three. One, two, three. Spunk, Spunk Muffin. Muffin. Perfect. All right. Uh, let's see. How to get back there. Um, yeah, you can just come on the show. Say whatever you want. Um, we really don't. I don't know. I'll just edit some shit in it. L P A 